0: Episode 150 of the Drive-By podcast with Vince Guzzo is sponsored by Les Delices Lafrenette. Five great Montreal locations, including the original and hub in St. Leonard, Rosemere, Pointe-Claire, Montreal West, and my favorite home location on Tachero in Brossard, Simplement Delicieux. Simply delicious. It's Les Delices Lafrenette. This is The Drive-By with Freeway Frank. Drive-By Podcast is brought to you by Own Space. I'm going to be honest. We were recording the podcast a few minutes ago, and I forgot to put on the most important camera, which was, or is? The one that was looking at me. Yeah, the one that's looking at you. Mr. Sunshine wasn't on. So imagine, can you imagine we had recorded? The whole thing. And then at the end, I would tell you, you're not on, Vince. We have to start over again. People would have said he was probably
1: remotely hiding somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Like a bear somewhere. Uh,
0: nice to see you. You're looking great as usual. Thank you.
1: Thank you. You changed got the, uh, Changed the, a bit the colors. I mean, I now wear a lot of black. That's I good. I like wear wearing
0: black, too. Yeah. Can uh, you tell me a bit about what's happening there, your, your bracelets? Oh, no, the bracelet.
1: Why, I, 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 thought it, I thought you knew the story. So, you know, I, I used to have bracelets almost up to my elbow. And then once a year, I cut them all off. Because the, these never come off. right? You so shower with those? Take baths? You these. go in hot tubs? I pools. Yeah, yeah, wow. I, do, I do the whole thing. Pool, the whole thing. So, I, I actually... Um, because of the show, I have one of those ice baths. Should it's, I get one? It's very, very cold. Yeah, it's, it's very, very <laughs> extremely cold. It's uh, not for and, us but, Italians. but then I got, then I also have the warm one. I bought two of them. I got, so one I got for free from the show. And then the other one uh, I bought. And so one's warm, and one's cold. I can spend 10 minutes in the warm one. I can't spend a minute in the, in the cold one. It's really yeah. cold. Uh, so I, I was really these So the ones on the right side are basically to remind me of every mistake I think I made. Uh, you know, sort of a, you know, that, that devil says, what the hell were you thinking of? Mm-hmm. That's, that's that, these, this is what this represents. Okay. And then the ones the on the left side. side, these are all the smart moves I made. <laughs> As you can
0: see, there's always a lot more mistakes than, uh, than, uh, than smart moves. But, and you know, that was your own idea. It's not, or was it wasn't inspired by somebody else or a book you read that told you? No,
1: no, it was just something that, it, it was sort of a token to remind me. I made that mistake. I don't have to make, I don't have to repeat the mistake. It's good. You know, so, and and so that was my way of, uh, um, and the left side is, you know, it's sort of that trophy thing of, you know, these are the good ones.
0: You know, it's not a surprise that you're here on episode 150 Vince, because it's, um, it's a milestone episode, uh, because so far in the lifespan of the drive-by podcast, you have the biggest episode, which was episode two. Most downloaded episode, second biggest on YouTube. Wow! Yeah, I, I, don't they get a cut from YouTube? Don't they pay people for stuff like that anymore? Yeah, YouTube pays like uh, a whole—I uh, yeah. think sixty bucks. See, a whole sixty you want, bucks. You, yeah, you yeah. Want, yeah. You, want, you want a percentage of my sixty bucks that I'm making?
1: So, so, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, I'm not surprised that, that me neither. That that's the case. Yeah. I mean, I, I was talking to somebody this weekend, and I actually said that. I said, I said to them, "Are you sure? I, I'm writing a book." I, just so you know, I'm writing nice. a book and the title of the book is be careful what you wish for. So I said this to this person and says, are you sure this is what you want? Be careful what you wish for. Huh? Cause, and in the discussion, you know, the person asked me, but, but why, what's the problem? Do you realize who I am? It's, you know, the person says, but what do you mean who you are? Like everybody knows who you are. <laughs> no, no, no. Do, do you realize how polarizing I can be? Right. It's, 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 I like to say there's people that love me and are, ultra-loyal to me. Let's give, give you the example of my five kids. But I mean, yeah. loyal to... to well, of course, right? yeah. uh, My staff. I got, I got people that have been... I got, I got a guy who's 55 years old. He's worked for me for, 50, no, for 41 years. So he started working for me as an usher when he was 14. And he's worked for me since. He'd take a bullet for me. But in the real sense of the word. Mm-hmm. Right? Then there's those people who will cross the street not to walk on the same side of the street as me. And then there's those other people that are very nice. And then when you stumble, you realize how nice they were not. Right. Kind of thing, right? So, true colors. so I'm not surprised. Yep. I'm not surprised that, that you know, I, I triggered, uh, triggered so many downloads just because.
0: Well, uh, yeah. You and know. you know what? There's nothing wrong with being authentic. And uh, I mean, your true self, unfiltered, like you said. Yep. And being real, because at least people know exactly where you stand. I would much rather have somebody sitting across from me having a real conversation. And by the way, Vince, you're the same guy off camera, even though I wasn't recording seconds ago, uh, the same guy in person. I'm having the same conversation with you. If anything, there's a lot more, obviously that, that. Oh, there's a bit of decor. Because, it's a little more decorum, exactly. less swearing, less, less yeah. you know. Less exactly. Uh, Even uh, though yeah. you could swear here if you wanted to, but yeah. you're a classy guy. And, but, you know, you're the same guy. You truly are. But I remember after that episode, episode two, all hell broke loose. Because so much stuff was said, right? And, and again, nothing really shocking or surprising, but because you're unfiltered and because you love speaking the truth and your truth and the truth, uh, not everybody likes that. And we're in times right now, in you know, 2023, when you say something, it goes, everybody's watching, you know, you get direct messages on Instagram, I'm sure. And it's just a different world. There's no doubt about that.
1: Well, you know, a very good friend of mine, Mark Afilalo, who was head of the emergency of the Jewish general, he's a much older man than me. Um, he's actually stepping down on the 14th of December as head of the Jewish general emergency. He would always tell people, If you ever want to take a complex uh, situation and vulgarize it so that anybody can understand it, go see Vince. Vince will simplify it, and and, and it'll become 2 plus 2 makes 4. There's no algebra here. It's 2 plus 2 makes 4. And so what was interesting about that COVID discussion is that... (laughs) It was mathematics, I mean yes. y- you know we're you know we're the best, we are because we have the highest debts. remember it was a, we're the greatest, really, because we're like abandoning people and you know so it was just the math's not adding up, guys mm-hmm. type of thing. What's funny about what you said is that when i f- my first interview or my first yeah I guess interview when i had to when i had to be uh, um, you know when the, when CBC was thinking of putting me on Dragon's den, we were in one of my restaurants and producers of uh, uh, of dragons then looked at me and said can you do this in front of a camera and i said do what, what and, and she's moving her hand yeah. and i go you mean the italian hand movements she goes no no can you be like this on tv in front of a camera i don't understand what and, and, and it took me a good two minutes to understand what she was trying to say and i basically said to her but you think i'm acting well because you know like you're so colorful you're so this Oh, no, you don't get it. This is me. You can get me tamer. You can't get any wilder than this. Yeah. This is this is what you're going to get. That's right. And so that's where, um, you know, that's where, it, you know, what you said is funny. In fact, you know, I, I, I tell people often, I say to them, you know, uh, I don't like to remember stuff. So I just say the truth. Yeah. Because lies are too complicated to remember. And then they're intertwined with. Reality, and, and then I get all confused, right? Absolutely. So I just might as well tell you the truth. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I, I went into a meeting once, and I told the guy, as soon as I walked in, I said, by the way, the last time I left, if I remember well, I told you to go fly a kite. <laughs> let's see if we can end this meeting a little differently, okay? Yeah. And the guy's just like, I, I can't believe he brought up a negative thing. Well, let's bring out the negative right away. Yeah.
0: Right? And then we'll see if we can't go positive with it. Yeah. So that's the... Yeah, there's no, uh, there's no BS with you, really. I mean, you're just... You're right. And and you just and, you come know, out and spit it out. You know, uh,
1: um, you know, there's 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 situations, you know, the media seems to like me. And what I mean by that is they seem to call on me often to make comments and whatever. Cause they get two things. First of all, I answer my phone call. Yeah. Second of all, You're I don't tell them Yeah. I don't I don't tell people off the record. There's no off the record. I mean either I talk to you or I don't. That's true. Uh, I've never and my, you know, in my mind, uh, you know, there's, there's my, my life's pretty transparent. I'm a pretty open guy. I mean, I don't, you know, and so I can answer almost any question, right? So it was a little difficult for me uh, during the summer when I hibernated for six weeks. And a lot of the media was saying, ah, should we call him? We shouldn't call him,
0: you know, uh, and so forth and so forth. So,
1: but you know, I'm, I'm back on the market, as I like to
0: say, back yeah. on, the, on the media market. This is something that we have to address the elephant in the room. Hmm. I don't know how big the elephant is. I don't really see the elephant. Maybe it's like Mr. Snuffleupagus. He's invisible. Only some people see him, but it's something that, I mean, we've been talking throughout the year. It's, this hasn't been an easy year for you, especially with the, you know, a couple of the big stories that, that hit the media. Um, and now today a press release came out. Do mm-hmm. You want to address that press release. Uh, that came out just uh, basically a little background as to what it is, the, the press release and your thoughts it's, it's on just, where you are now.
1: Yeah, it's just my statement. I mean, um, you know, on the 20 on the 24th, I think, of November, the uh, crown prosecutor of the city of Laval signed a, a document that was remitted on the 28th uh, uh, ordering a stay on the accusations. A stay means stop to all accusations that were done um, um, towards me on the 26th of uh of June, um, you know, I was, it's probably one of the rare times that I was upset at the media because the, the media that broke the story, um, broke the story by saying that I did something to a woman, not specifying that that woman happened to be uh, somebody I'd been married with for 15 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, my statement back then was clear, you know, it's a, it's a family law issue. And all the other media's understood. Okay, it's you know it's, it's a litigious you know divorce, and so let it be. Um, um, so it is what it is. Now, by dropping, you know, or by or by by declaring a stay on the accusations, it basically means that there was, you know, the way I interpret it is basically there's not enough, uh, or or what we've given to to the to the crown and everybody, uh, pretty much says, you know, there's no grounds here to to move forward with these accusations. Um, so what I did do, and, and I'm going to try and stick to that in the sense that I, I don't want to uh, in any way uh, reopen the story because I saw how hurt my children were. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, left for six weeks with them to the Hamptons and, and we, we got to know each other. We got to know the new, uh, the new us, right, in the sense. And what I mean by that is, is uh, when something like happened to this family happens, it changes everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody becomes a little different. Uh, you know. So that's my primary source. I don't want to reopen any wounds or anything. Um, yeah, those are private you know, matters anyway. That's right. But, that's but in, right. In,
0: in, in, in terms of the public perception and right. what's out there publicly is more what I'm... Right. Uh,
1: so I'm, I'm happy. Look, I can tell you this. Uh, I can tell you that the, the big majority of people that did business with me and, and so forth... Uh, reached out to me, and, and they, they felt that it was unfair what, what was being said and so forth and so forth. So I felt a lot of support from my children, from my friends, from uh, my business partners, my business uh, uh, circle, let's call it that way. Uh, and CBC you know, uh, showed a great, um, a great sign of, uh, of uh, loyalty and of trust mm-hmm. by airing the season. Now, instead of waiting till the stay would have been declared, right? Okay. So they started in September um, and so forth and so forth. Um, and as I said, you know, I, I, uh, I'm a very polarizing person. So on the one hand, when, 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 I think I can say it on the podcast, when shit hits the fan, sometimes you say why. In my case, I didn't really say why, I said, yeah, well, I guess that's what you get when you're a polarizing person, right? Everybody's opinionated and everybody has a chance to come back and, and whatever. I'm just happy it's behind us. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's done. Um, you know, and so, you know, the kids are, I think, in a better space. The kids don't have to respond to foolish teenagers who say
0: stupidities to them about their dad or whatever. Yeah, because that, so, that's the hardest part, yeah. right? Cause because because yeah. you're a public person, Yeah, right? I mean, this is not a matter. Yes, you're going to keep it private. As we say in Italian, sono tuoi." it's your mm-hmm. business, right? Yep. But it gets out into the papers. Yep. And we know how the media works here yep. in Quebec, especially with prominent figures, people with high profile, sports athletes. You know, and I've talked, I've sat down here in that very chair uh, with someone specifically that I was talking about this and how it affected their family. Uh, and it's not easy. It's not easy reading headlines. It's not easy hearing what they think they know and what they're putting out there.
1: Well, you know, look, I I tell you, it wouldn't be the first time that something negative was said about me in the media, right? I mean, (laughs) I'll never forget in 2000, I think it was 2000, uh, Natalie Pushovsky wrote an article and, and openly said that she asked me if I was a gangster and that I wouldn't answer the question. But I said, but I gave you a reason why I wasn't answering the question. I said, because if I am, then I'm going to have to say no, because I've never heard a gangster say I am. And if I'm not, and I say I'm not, but no gangster's ever said he is, so therefore you're going to always assume that I'm not. So I turned around and I said, but I'd like to thank you for the compliment. And she says, well, you think being a gangster is a compliment? (laughs) Actually, I don't, but what I really think is a compliment is that you believe that what I've accomplished with my mom and my dad it's so extraordinary that I, a normal person couldn't do that, right? We had to have organized crime behind us to do it, I said. So think about that. Yeah. Think about how exceptional what I did was. I really didn't think it was. You know, the, the, when you, a lot of people, you know, and the, the, the reason for why the book is called or is going to be called, be careful what you wish for, is because everybody wants to be successful. Everybody wants to do this and everybody wants to be rich and everybody. The problem is people don't realize the sacrifices it takes. They don't realize what you're selling. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's that old expression, you got to sell your soul to the devil to make it in the music business, right? So all these musicians are all dying young because there was a 50-year deal and then they got to be taken away. So the problem is that when you're in the grind, when you're doing it, it becomes your everyday, right? So, you know, as I meet new people, right? they realize how much I work and they say, but why, why do you work that much? What do you mean? Well, like you realize you work 12 hours a day, every day, seven days a week, even on vacation. Yeah. But, but, and it doesn't like, don't you ever take a break? What do you mean? It, it sort of like became a second age. Right. And you know, then, then we go into big philosophies about how the only thing that's never betrayed me in life was work because the more I gave to work, the more it gave me back. Right. Mm-hmm. Versus humans, Right and and, and, and this is no pun yeah. no pun to what's going on you know what oh, happened no, no, no. I'm saying no. in, 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 life, general, right? yeah. Yeah, in general yeah in general right you you, guys, you know you have uh, uh, you know I say this to my daughter all the time because uh, I read a book and and it says that the first female child is the female version of her dad and god bingo god that's true right (laughs) you'll notice i told you what all the other boys all the boys wanted to run right i didn't tell you what rosella wants to do rosella just says i'll replace you i'll i'll tell the boys what to do when they're not doing it right she's the youngest right but she's got that kind of mannerism she's got that kind of She has your spirit yeah she has uh, uh and she's she's up front right i mean in the sense that she uh takes no prisoners uh um you know, and, and it's cruel to say, but, you know, when you take prisoners, you got to feed them, you got to dress them, you got to keep them warm, it costs mm-hmm. money, so don't take any prisoners, yeah. just, you know, win the war, and, and that's it, so, yeah. uh, in fact, yesterday, I was, I was arguing with you, uh, her about something, and I said, listen to me, I said, "Rusella, you might win a battle, but you will not win the war, so enjoy the fact that you think you're winning this battle, I'll let you win the battle, I don't care, but you're not going to win this war, I'm telling you, you are going to go to school, and you're going to do this, 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 and because you wanted to miss school, and now, she still missed school today because she <laughs> she ended up being sick for real, like yeah. you know, and so it ended up that way. But so you know, it, like I said, it was a difficult time. It's behind us, uh, you know. Uh, you know, uh, Manjeet, Michelle showing up at the White Party, being you know honorary co-chairs, you know, was I think uh, a big message. Uh, uh, that that's a testament to our friendship, to our
0: our bondness, and everything. And so, you know, next year's a new year, and uh, you know, can I say that that. You know, for me, as I'm your friend, you invited me to the party, hadn't seen you in a while, we texted, uh, you called me a couple of times, we talked about what was going on privately, Mm -hmm. not important uh, to mention that part, and you know, it's only human nature. When I went to your white party, which is a big event for people who are outside the Montreal area, that happens every year, big uh, charitable event at your home and i was looking for and this is just a human in me uh if your circle of friends was going to be tighter and i and i kind of noticed that your the the most loyal people in your life showed up yep the people that were there am i right yep the people that were there i was looking around i remember even telling my wife these are the people that are still with vince yep so but i think also has a lot to do with the way you run, you live your life, you run your business, your character, everything about you is like, okay, just went through this year of, uh, this adjustment year. Yep. I was hit with many bullets, the drive-by <laughs> bullets everywhere. And I dealt with it best I could now it's in the past, but now I need to tighten up this circle of friends and the people that are going to be there. I feel are the people that care about me and the people that mean the most to me. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. So I didn't.
1: No, no, no. That's the way it is. In yep. fact. You know, so I would tell you this year we have 350 people. Uh, Out of those, I would say about 150 on a rotation basis show up. Like, so Sal Parosuco is there every year. But, you know, there's other people that come one year. They don't come another year. But somebody else replaces. And And so I normally have in the 350, 400 people that come, about 150 that are what I would call close friends, people that I know. Uh, and for me, a close friend is somebody that I actually know his first and last name and know what he does for a living and I actually know his birthday, right? That, yeah. I mean, that's uh, it's not an acquaintance, in other words. Right. But this time, it seemed that the message got out to the people who are friends and said, hey, after COVID, the guy did two years of COVID. Then he's back on his feet, and then this hits him. Everybody showed up, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden it was easy for me to not even have to go solicit some of the bigger companies that would come but now they were maybe a little afraid as you know we don't know this that so, uh, and so you know it was just uh, uh and that's why i thought it was also a great time it was a great time to actually move the event from uh a couple organizing it to the kids organizing it right so what you saw this year was Five children organizing, it, you know. So I wrote the yeah. check, but yep. <laughs> the, the, they're the ones who, who yeah. organized it, and so forth and so forth. And, and, and it was right. a great time. Yeah, I, I I thought it was. I, look, you know what? It's probably one of the one of the first years that I actually felt I could walk around and just
0: be me and not mm. have to because it wasn't me running the show, right? So I, yeah, uh, you looked relaxed. You yeah. looked like you were in in conversation with many people. Yep. Yeah. And you no, know, the thing I noticed from that night and I was hearing from a lot of your friends that I met in other, from other parts of the country and all that is, you know, it would come up eventually within the first couple of minutes and everybody would say the same thing. And I'm not making this shit up. Mm -hmm. Everybody, everybody, you have a lot of good friends. And they were like, I'm here for Vince. I'm here for Vince. I'm here. We didn't even have to talk about, there were no other conversations going on about what had happened during the year. And all. I was like, I'm here for Vince. I was like, me too. Vince invited me. And I didn't even think twice. And I said, I'm going to be there. So yeah, I thank and thank you, you for, for coming. By yeah, the way. it was it was, it was fantastic, and uh, I was surprised by. Uh, I have to be honest, Glass Tiger, because I, you know, you always have a surprise yeah. group playing, but I wasn't expecting Glass Tiger. That was incredible, yeah. pretty amazing. But so you mentioned your family quite a few times. Uh, you're a family man. Mm-hmm. That's what you're all about. You are obviously an entrepreneur your business that you run, the many businesses that you run. But at the end of the day, family is everything to you. Yep. And so your kids have to look at you as their role model, right? And every day you get up in the morning, like you said, you're dedicated to your job. You're working, putting in 12-hour days. But you're not only doing it for a legacy yourself. You're doing it for your children. And so that at least your children have an I have a choice at some point to decide, are we going to follow in daddy's footsteps or are we going to do our own thing? And many of your children are, look like they might be doing the same type of stuff that you've been doing. Yeah,
1: because you see, what, what, I, what, what a lot of people have heard me preach, and I'm going to use the word preach because it almost sounded like a preacher, uh, when I tell people it's great to say, you know, given the prime minister we have, I think it's pretty clear that w- we know what people want to hear. Can we deliver on it, though? Absolutely, right, and yeah. that's where the problem is. Meaning, yeah. what everybody knows, you should prioritize your education. You should prioritize, uh, you know, tell your friends this weekend I'm not available. I got to study. I got to do this, and I got to do that, and, and you know. But we'll see each other next weekend or whatever, right? The problem is when you say that to children. Children don't don't have the same value for words as, as grown-ups do. So they got to see you do that. They got to see you. See, so for example, uh, Sal Parasuka and I are very good friends. We're, you know, we'll, we'll go to the Hamptons for the day. We'll go for the weekend. You know, just him and I and, you know, some of the boys and whatever. But I hadn't seen him in a while during the summer. And my daughter said to me, she says, are you still friends with Sal? She <laughs> says, of course I'm still friends with Sal. Why do you ask if I'm Sal? Still- well, because you haven't seen him. But I have friends that I haven't seen in five years. But we still, you know, I go back to Italy, for example, and I meet, you know, one of my friends when I used to go to Italy as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he lives in Milan, so I'm in Italy yep. here. He's, and, so, and it's a true friend. You see each f- other, That's you right. pick up from where you left. That's off. right. But in the meantime, you have responsibilities, right? And sometimes I always like to tell the kids, you know, if you want to be a real friend, you got to tell your friend, I'm not available. So that you become an exceptional person and your friend knows an exceptional person now, mm-hmm. so you did him a favor by becoming exceptional because he's friends with exceptional, right? So, and, and by 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 doing that, um, what's interesting is the kids have understood, you know, loyalty. They've understood uh, loyalty not only to a name but loyalty to a way of life, a philosophy, right? So, for example, every Sunday when my parents are in town we go to lunch at my parents' house. Undeniably, undeniably, it ends Ooh. up that I get into an argument either yeah. with my <laughs> father or my mother. That's the way it ends. <laughs> well, that's okay. It, right? yeah. Yeah. And every Sunday, I go back. Right? And so every once in a while, the kids would say, but why? Why, why do you go back? Like, It's great. We love going to nono and Nona's house because they treat us like gold, so we don't care. But, but you, you're always getting into an with them. But it's not the son getting into
0: an argument with them. It's the business partner.
1: Mm. It's the three business partners that sit at the table discussing right? business. And discussing business. And maybe
0: you shouldn't be discussing business uh, on a Sunday, family day, no? You're partially right. Yeah. But, you know, um, it comes up.
1: I'm wearing a special t shirt <laughs> today. I'm wearing a Godfather t shirt, you know, from Kit. Uh, uh, and, and so, what's interesting about this is that it's, you know, what did the Godfather say? It's not personal, it's only business. Yep. The problem is my business has my personal name on it. So it's strictly yeah. personal. Your right? name is literally in That's lights. Right, so. That's right. And then the other thing is that I've always said to, you know, there's multiple philosophies of life of how to educate kids. Right. So, um, you know, I, 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 I know people who, when mommy and daddy have to argue, the kids are sent to their room while they're sleeping or, you know, so that they can't hear the fight. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm not a big believer in that. <laughs> I saw every argument my parents ever had and, and, and so forth. And yep. that made me able to stand my ground. And as I like to tell uh, uh, a very good friend of mine, Michael Penner, who used to be chairman of Hydro Quebec at a certain point, uh, he said to me, you know, you and I are the same. And I said, well, we're yin and yang. I said, y- you have no problem with, uh, with, uh, con- uh, with conflict, but you have a problem with confrontation. I cannot stand conflict, but I got zero problems with confrontation. And, and a lot of people sometimes say, but but that doesn't make sense. Sure. It does because I don't want to have a conflict with you. I'd rather have the confrontation. So we get it out of the way. It's done. We've settled what differences, what, what the confusion. Conflict Conflict is ongoing. That's that's right. Right. Everybody stays in their corner. There's bitterness that builds it and then you lose 10 years. Sometimes for no reason to then say, but no, but I never said that. This is what I said. Oh my God. And oh my God, I apologize. The 10 years you're not getting them back. Right. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting is that by having seen my parents argue, discuss, uh, and by the kids seeing my dad and I argue, my mom argue about the business, they're being, they're being taught. This is what it is to be in business with your family. Like, it's not, you know, Sunday, Sunday lunches is not Sunday lunches. It's not your typical. It's, it's the excuse yeah. for a board meeting, you know? <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a lunch board meeting. That's it, right? Yeah. Uh, and then when my parents are not in town, we go downtown. We, you know, we'll go to Yama. We'll go to, uh, you know, we'll go to uh, 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 Payacho. We'll go wherever we want to go, right? And just hang around, do a bit of shopping, and have a, a lunch, and so forth and so forth. And... That's when the girlfriends come, you know, and so forth and so forth, so she's not allowed to have a boyfriend or anything. But, well, she's too young. She's too young, way yeah. too young, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything under 33, she's not allowed to have a boyfriend, that type of thing. <laughs> but, uh, and so, you know, and, and that also exposes, um, because, you know, I, I did thank, you know, the, the kids for the white party, but, you know, there were two girlfriends, uh, Christina Angelo's uh, fiance and uh, uh, Chloe, which is uh, Vittorio's uh, uh, girlfriend both of them were also heavily involved, involved yeah. in the organization and so forth and so forth right so and they even came you know it's it's an interesting thing because during the crazy period of these last 14 months the girlfriends were there uh, and, and i know that you know when 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 you know when a nuclear bomb is set out you know against the family um, it affects everybody in the family and and i know the boys talked with their girlfriends and so forth and so forth but how they all m- most I would, you know, I, I would believe that most young couples would almost say, I, "I don't need this. Like, just move on, right?" And they'd almost break up and say, "Look, I, they, they, they've got too many issues in that family right now. that's going on. It's just, you know, I love him, yep. but I don't want to be there, right?" Type of thing. But both girls were very, very caring, very, you know, very close to their, uh, to, to my kids and, and so forth. And they helped my daughter. You know, uh, you know, I, I did a lot of. Uh, there' a lot of girly things with my daughter during the summer. She got highlights for the first time, and I said, "But why? Can, can you get them in Montreal? I'll go with your mom. Like, why well, do I have to do this with you?" Type of thing, right? Uh, but it's funny because I got amazing pictures. Which she's very embarrassed because you know they put these foil things yep. in her hair and everything. It was great. So yeah, I saw a side of uh, of being a parent that I had not uh, n- not experienced yeah. uh, in the past. And uh, girl, dad. Yeah, yeah. It was a very, uh, very. Um, <laughs> Um, and, 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 you know, and I don't want to throw the compliment to me because I, I'm not, I'm not a single parent necessarily, but, uh, it's, it's possible to raise exceptional children. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, those, those kids impress me every day. Um, you know, and my daughter's, my daughter's, uh, brilliance, uh, scholastically also impresses me, you know, she says, yeah, I know it's a 70 and I know you want a 90, but. With the 20% I don't have, I did this, this, this. Mm-hmm.
0: I learned something else. <laughs> you, you told me on uh, the last podcast that you did that you weren't necessarily getting great, good grades back in the day, right? Right. And, and you, oh, maybe I shouldn't have mentioned No, No, this no, so no, well. no, 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 and, no, 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 no. And, and look, at, look at you today. So, I mean, so there's, there's, you know, there's book smart, and then there's life smarts. And if you have a combination of both, you could end up in this chair like Vince. So, you know that that, as
1: I said, the book you know is going to be called "Be Careful What You Wish For." Everybody. So, I, I posted, I think yesterday, I posted something about if if people only knew the price of success, they'd maybe be more willing to accept their failures. In other words, you know what? It's not that bad not being successful, because if I got to give up this to be successful and I got to give up this to be successful, it's. You know, you've got to become. It's, it's strange because it's almost like saying you have to be you have to be passionate. You have to love what you're doing. You have to. But in reality, you don't. What you have to become is indifferent to the pain, right? And and a lot of people say, well, "What do you mean?" Say, it's like working out, right? So go to the gym the first day and, and pump up iron. The next day you can't move. You're like,
0: yeah. I'm, I I'm a pain. okay. So you just have to get over that's it. That's right. You just have
1: oh. to get over it. And so as, you, as your level of abuse from the anxiety, right? I mean, a lot of people need to understand that anxiety is probably the number one blocker, right? Out of you're fear right. of failing. That's exactly right? it. Right? I'm going to procrastinate and say, I'm not ready yet. The and then, reality, then you're never ready. And you're never ready. Yeah. No, that's you're right. 100% right. right. I've... I've perfectionist, you know, like uh, somebody tells me all the time, says to me, you know, you seem to be a a control freak and a perfectionist. No, I'm far from being a perfectionist. I'm a mishmasher. I just put things together and I see if it works. And if it doesn't, I take pieces away, put other pieces in and I try and make something that is coherent and works and makes sense. mm -hmm. Uh, And so the, the, the problem, you know, I think is that when you go to school We're all looking at a grade, but what did we do to get that grade? If all I did was I closed myself up in my room and either played video games or studied, studied like a, so (laughs) I don't know, you know, like for example, I was teasing one of my boys uh, a few years ago, he was young and he goes, this girl likes me. Look, she's texted me and everything. What are you texting her back? Let me see. And, And he showed me what he was texting. What the hell are you doing? Tell her like this. What's your favorite candy? They start like, oh, that's weird. Just, just, just shut up. Just go there. Follow go me. There. And, <laughs> then, and then I brought him to a point where there was a joke in there.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? And the, and because what's your favorite candy? Eventually, the girl's going to say, What's your favorite candy? So she's going to say, Tootsie Rolls. I can't say that. Why not? Tootsie. Like, it's like, you know, I'm making a, a reference to breasts. Yeah, but the candy's called Tootsie Rolls. Just say <laughs> Tootsie Rolls. Don't worry about it. He didn't want to do it until. He did it, and the girl started laughing, oh my God. The problem was that when she actually met him, it was you know, a little fling during the summer in the Hamptons. She goes, why is it like it wasn't you texting me?
0: Yeah, and, I was, you know, <laughs> and my mind was saying... Mm, was and so, well, because it, and Titsy Rolls are not. You. It yeah, was... it was you, but even Titsy Rolls are they still around? Yeah, of course they are. Especially in
1: the Hamptons, oh. Remember, we have a we have a, a Dylan Candy Store, and they have and everything. So they have that. all of the vintage yeah, stuff yeah. and everything, right? So, yeah. and so when <laughs> so basically what I was trying to say is that when I went so when I was in high school at Selwyn House, I knew all of the girls. I didn't live in Westmount. I, I lived in RDP. So, But I knew all of the girls' schools. All of the girls in the girls' schools knew me. Why? Because I didn't text. We didn't have that anyway. No, we had to talk. Like, you know, to talk. Uh, You know, my dad used to own a nightclub. So I was uh, at at 15, 16, I would talk to 18, 19-year-old girls. You know, I started shaving because I wanted to look older. Because I wanted to, you know, be a little bit of a womanizer. But (laughs) the whole idea was, ultimately, to socialize. Which is something that... The kids have lost. Why? Mm-hmm. Because it's the grade. It's the grade that's going to let you in. Right. It's this, it's, it's that. And in fact, there's a study that came out recently that says that the more, the more difficulties you have in school, the better off you'll face life. Because you build resilience. You build a tolerance to the abuse. Mm-hmm. right? Uh, Makes so, you stronger. Yeah. Somebody once said to me, how do you do it? You know, and and I posted, I actually posted something about Amber Heard and uh, Johnny Depp. I saw that, yeah. You saw, right? And I said, uh, a man smiles to hide his pain. A woman cries to hide the mistakes she made, right? And in reality, what happens is, I say it all the time. If, If you're going through a dark period of your life, and you're in, let's call it, in hell, what are you doing just standing there? Walk. Continue walking. Put a smile on and go on. Keep on walking, don't That's look right. back. That's right, I have a t-shirt yep. that says, Hell. Uh, no, heaven doesn't want me, hell doesn't want me to take over. So nobody wants <laughs> me, right? And so it's important to realize that to be successful, you've got to be able to, A, tolerate abuse. And abuse will come from, remember, if you're successful, you're part of the one percenters. Mm-hmm. That means there's 99% of people that are either like you, are jealous of you, yeah. detest you, want to cut you down. So you've got a lot of enemies, right? And so uh, and so, somewhere along the way, you've got to accept that being successful means being alone, being lonely.
0: Uh, it gets lonely sometimes.
1: It There's gets no lonely. Yeah. And it gets lonely because we do it to ourselves, right? And I'll give you an example. I have a really bad day at the office. I go home. I see my partner's laughing. and She's all happy and she's all... And I'm going to go give her the bad news that I just lost uh, 10 million bucks in the deal. Uh, let her have her day. Yeah. right? But you have to. Right. So you just take it in. and Carry yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The next day, you make 10 million bucks. Now you're happy. You go home. One of the kids failed one of their exams. And she's all, uh, and she's all anxious because it makes her look like a bad mother. Whatever. You know, like whatever your partner is going through. So what do you do? You go there and say, hey, look at me. I'm like, I'm the best. Yeah. Even that I have to take to myself. Right. And so you eventually say to yourself, okay, so I'm a provider, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, an educator in some sense of real life. I'm, I'm, a, I'm the protector. But there's only so many protectors in a family, right? There's only so many protectors in a. You know, there's only one president. Mm-hmm. There can be multiple founders, but there's one president. Yep. And that's where, you know, the loneliness comes. Uh, I think that. My solace was that in the last, during the summer, I knew that I would not be alone forever because I said, you know what, two of them are looking like they're going to get married one day soon. Start getting grandkids. If I'm lucky, they're gonna, he's going to have five. The first one's going to be called Vincenzo. In all cases, <laughs> just putting So it when out they there. say Vincenzo, everybody's <laughs> going to turn around. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Are you <laughs> right? So and so and so, um, you realize that you refocus things, right? But. Like I said, be careful what you wish for because you'll get it. And then you said, but no, no, but that's not really what I meant. What did you mean? You said you wanted to be successful. You said you wanted to be rich. You didn't tell me you wanted to be happy. Yeah. Because by the way, what the hell does happy mean?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Uh, and, and even successful. What does that mean? Right? And, and what does having a lot of money mean? You know, I tell university students all the time. I says, you know, right now, if I gave you guys a million dollars, you'd probably retire. He said, a million dollars. I don't have to work a day in my life. The problem is if you work to make a million dollars, when you make the million dollars, your standard of living has gone up along the way. So now you need 10 million because yep. the million is not enough. Then when you get the 10 million, it's still not enough because now my standard is So I need 100 million. So then you realize one of the biggest uh, fallacies of success, right? Why? I don't know why. Why we do this. Why we educate kids and, and society to be goal Goal-minded, but with a, f- with a finish line, right? So the finish line is come December, you're going to have your yep. exam and you're going to get your grade. And then we're going to know. What are we going to know exactly? That I'm exceptionally smart in math and I don't know how to speak English properly or I don't know how to write English because I'm dyslexic. Like, what are we going to know? What are mm-hmm. exactly we exactly are we going to know? We already know, I think, differently than you. So what else do you want to know, right? And in fact... I've always I've always told my kids, and that's and the one who caught on, the youngest is Rosella. I always tell the kids, don't don't look at the finish line, because you're gonna get there. Right? I mean, this happened to it happened to Maria when she got her masters. Your my present wife yeah. still. I mean, uh, and so uh, she got her masters. You know, she went up on stage, got tapped on the on the shoulder with the with the I don't know what the, the diploma, whatever they tap you with, and then she was you know we were home at night and she I go what's wrong I don't know it's like they like you know as if that's
0: it I thought it was yeah I thought it was gonna
1: feel differently yeah but what did you think? Yeah. It's only really 24 hours. Huh? Th- that's changed. Between you didn't have it, now you have a uh, mm-hmm. master's, right? You don't have a PhD, now you have a PhD. Right? So it's, what's the... The truth that matters, you got to enjoy the ride. You got enjoy the, So you got to remember, bad days don't last. Thank God. Uh, and good days don't last. So... That's true. Uh, enjoy the good ones so that they can give you the memories that will get you through, through the, the dark ones. And yeah. if you learn a lesson from the dark ones... You've got something that you've earned from it, right? Uh, I was telling a bunch of university kids, you know, would you be okay uh, with failure? And many of them said, no. Well, why why do we want to fail? Why do we need to fail? Do you you pay to go to university? Yeah. So you're willing to pay to get a professor to talk to you as if he's telling you what you're going to have to do or not do, but you're not willing to pay to make a mistake. Think about it. Once you paid to make that mistake and you, and you felt the pain of that mistake, you'll never make that mistake again. again you know. Versus you paid to go to McGill or to go to any university. And what are you going to do? You're going to continue paying every time to, to get another diploma, another this, another that. Like, who, like I have a law degree. My law degree is still in the drawer. It's nicely still in, you never even in put the never leather the leather-bounded <laughs> thing. It never went up. Never made I have it an up. economics degree, it's still there, right? And the only reason why it's because every once in a while we would have an argument with the kids and I would tell the kids, you know, this, legally this is what it is. And, well, well, how do you know? It's very simple. It's my, drawer. It's, that's my, it's my law degree. Are we clear? That's how I know. It's done. It's not because I'm your father. It's because I have the law degree and you don't. So do me the favor. And so, you know, all that to say that, you know, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm unique. That can be positive. It could be negative, right? So, so in, in, in uniqueness... We have unique horrible people and we have unique good people, right? We just need to choose. But either way, you're going to have to, you know, uh, if you want to be successful and if you want to, if you want society to change, you know, I gave a speech at the Outwater Club the other day and one of the questions was about philanthropy, why we give money. I said, you want the the politically correct answer? Because we need to give back to society, (laughs) very important. You know, there's a lot of needy people in the world. Or do you want the truth? Can I have both? Okay, I (laughs) I gave you the BS answer. That's the BS answer. You could have gotten that from anybody else. The answer is this very simple. Unless I'm affected by the cause. Then the only other thing I'm doing is like every other successful wealthy person. I'm trying to buy a seat closer god when I die, I'm sort, I'm sort of, it's a redemption gesture, it's how do I affect society, I can't affect it by going into politics, because I don't want to go into politics, because I think I make more money doing this than I'll ever make as a politician, right, so let me invest money in hospitals, in radiation, or, or uh, um, imaging departments, why, because I was told by a doctor, that, uh, by, uh, by a minister of health, that that's how we funnel the budgets, right? The longer we wait for people to get their results from imaging, the longer it takes to treat you. So now I can gauge how many people I want to treat based on how much time, how many slots are available. So if I buy another machine for your hospital and I force you to keep both machines operating, you just busted your budget because now you have twice as many results, twice as many people are going to get treated. And those people are going to get treated earlier than later, Mm -hmm. which means their cancer may not have advanced as far as too bad, man. Sorry. We should have got you three months earlier. <laughs> so my fault. You guys stalled me, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's got to be something in it for the person giving money, right? And, and, and the day that you believe, the day that you believe that there Everybody are... Everybody
0: does it from the goodness of their heart. <laughs>
1: That means, that means you're, not, you're not even a liberal at this point. Yeah, You're not even NDP. You're further to the left and you're in, in la-la-land, dreamland. Right? The truth of the matter is very simple. If we look at every great change of the world, it was done by a selfish individual. Think about that. The sure. person who wanted to, I don't know, uh, find the, the cure to, the, the people that are working on the cure to cancer. Everybody wants to win a Nobel Prize in Medicine. Everybody wants to be the first one, and everybody knows that whoever finds it's gonna get that big check, and so forth. And he's gonna, his name's gonna go down. You know, Louis Legacy, Pasteur. Yeah, yeah. You know, he discovered that the penicillin, and and and, and so forth. And so forth. you know, so so all that to say what? To say that as much as Gordon Gecko's a movie, you know, in, in Wall Street, greed is good, and yes, yes, people will go and may take it to a level of... Not good.
2: Not good, right? <laughs> Too much. But that's yeah. called
1: humanity. Yeah. That, that's not selfishness. You know, the joke is, I always like to tell people, selfishness doesn't make humans bad. Humanity makes humans bad. Because at the end of the day, right, as I said to you in off air, as I, if I'm going to say, is every once in a while, I have my devil on my shoulder that says, Seriously, man, what the hell were you thinking about? Why the hell would you do that? It's crazy. Hmm. Even the devil says, like, what are you, stupid? Why would you do something so controversial? But you do it. And, and, and in the hope sometimes that it's going to create a trigger, right? When I said that maybe we should, you know, in Quebec, we should make French movies that people want to see and not these award-winning things. Everybody, I mean, that was like, a, you know, for, for French Canadians, attacking their culture the way they, the. Way the Cultural sector side, not Monsieur and Madame Tout le monde, as I like to say, they didn't really care about my comment. But with the culture, it's almost like Salman Rushdie saying what he said in his uh, Satanic Verses. Yeah. It was like an, a direct attack. I mean, I, I should have gotten security guards or whatever. <laughs> and, and, and I used to laugh. I said, I'm Italian. You
0: know. I, I provide the security. <laughs> I don't care. I but you know who I, I don't am. don't the security. But you know the shirt I'm wearing. That's right. Even you though know. it's not true. That's right. <laughs> uh, you said to me, I think last week, you wrote me a text and you said, I would be getting Mr. Sunshine 2.0 on this podcast. What, what did you mean by that? Because of what you've gone through in the last 14 months, you're just a new guy, or this is the second chapter. And what is it? What does it mean?
1: Well, it means that at my 50th,
0: which was June, June 11, five years ago,
1: June, June, June 11, 1969, uh, 1929, uh, <laughs> 19, uh, sorry. Uh, so I did a fundraiser. Out of it. I was there. I was your MC. Yeah. Yeah. I did a fundraiser out of it. It was funny because when I invited a few friends, they said, what do you mean I got to pay $1,500 to come to your birthday? Yeah, it's a fundraiser, bro. You're paying? Don't buy me a gift. Just give me the money and I'm giving you to the Jewish General Hospital. Nice. Uh, one, of the, one of the person uh, that spoke in, in the part of the roast and whatever was, uh, was Sal
0: Parasuko. You mentioned him three times, by the way, and he was a former guest on this podcast for yeah. a reason you mentioned, Sal. Yeah. You love Sal. I, so, so not only do I love Sal, I, um,
1: I see Sal sometimes and, and through his smile, through his way of being this, I see the family, the pain, yep. the, the loneliness. You know, he's got two lovely daughters, he's got a lovely wife, you know, but the loneliness in saying I built all of this and I was doing it for my brothers, my sisters, you know, he adores his mother, his mother passed away, but you know, mm-hmm. like, and, and so forth. And yet, you know, he's felt the, the you call it the envy, the, the, the hurt from close friends. You know, uh, betrayal doesn't come from your enemies. Think about that. No. A lot of people don't realize. That. You never get betrayed by an enemy. No. Because you're not it's expecting an anything enemy. from an enemy. <laughs> That's right. Right? You always get, a, you all get betrayed by a family member or by a friend or by somebody that you admired or so forth, right? And so Sal... Um, so you know, Sal's 16 years older than I. Um, he looks great, by the way. He does. No, he does. <laughs> and and, and um, as a young person, I grew up with older people because I was an only child. So I was always sitting at the table and listening to these arguments of older people. And my my uh, fourth son Delano happens to be have that situation, because he, he would always want to come with us in the Hamptons, and so it was always a bunch of older guys talking, whatever, whatever, and he'd be on his phone, and sometimes Sal would go, shut up, the kid's hearing, the kid's going to hear, it can't be, and, and, and Delano would stop and say, seriously, you guys think I don't hear you, like, I, I, it's two hours I hear you, but, but I can play my game on the thing, and listen to you, I, I can do yeah. both, right, and so <laughs> the idea is that Sal and I have had dis- discussions about... Family, but yet we're not family. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. like we, We've almost compared notes and said, really? And then I would tell him stuff and he'd say, I didn't think about that. You're right. So as a 54-year-old, I was educating a 70-year-old, but obviously that looks, that looks extraordinary. But the 70-year-old educating the 50-year-old or 54-year-old, that seemed natural. But I remember him at my 50th. He said to me, you're going to see tomorrow, it's, an, it's a new day. A new day every tomorrow. I said, What are you talking about? You're 50 now. I don't get it. Life changes at 50. I'm like, Get out, Sal. It's in your mind? Stop it. Man, he was right. Yes. He was right because, you know, and, and Jim Tree Living did the same thing to me, only he did it differently. He said the same thing to me. He said, You turned 50 this year, yeah? So, does it change that? No, what are you talking about? Remember, it's 2019, right? The show airs in September, so no, nothing's changed. What are you talking about? Why you guys... You know, then 2020 comes along. Six months later, everything changes. We're in yep. COVID, we're in a mess, right? But what he had done to make me realize why it changed is he took a ruler, you know, one of those uh, uh, measuring tape, you know, that, that, uh, you know, the construction measuring tapes, and he said, life expectancy for a man is 75 years. So he rules out 75 inches, <laughs> puts it on the table. <laughs> that's your life okay
0: he really did this to you right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: and then he and then he pulled on the red button and he (laughs) took back 50 inches okay
0: that's scary shit yeah when you look at it that way
1: this is what you have left
0: Mm -hmm.
1: oh fuck whoa! whoa, whoa, whoa. what do you mean that's all i've left life expectancy could be shorter buddy could be longer you know like in this case it's longer but could and that's when you realize and you say to yourself shit you waste the first 25 of your life thinking, Psh, I got time. Then middle 25, between paying a mortgage, making money, uh, falling in love, uh, uh, trying, to, trying to understand what relationships are in 2022, 2024, whatever it is. You wake up one day and you say, holy shit, I have one third of my life left.
0: Or less. Or less.
1: What the hell am I doing? Yeah. Why am I prioritizing this? Why am I prioritizing that? And so you start telling yourself, okay, whoa, whoa, so I got to start this rat race. I should have started earlier, right? And there used to be a, my dad used to ask this all the time. So every time my dad met an old friend or somebody, somebody they got close to, that was called older and wiser. My dad would always say, what would you give to go back To being 16. So as well say the guy was in his mid-60s or whatever. To start over. Ah. Right? You know. And and like nobody seemed to be determined to say, ah, I'd give anything to go back. These guys are all weird. Why wouldn't they want to go back? Who doesn't want to live forever? Right? The song, uh, who wants to live forever. Mm -hmm. And that's when you realize that, can you really go back? Right? Can you really go back? And should you go back? So first of all, if you go back, that means all the people that you met, you will see them die. It's not pleasant, right? And if you go back with what you know today, that makes you a genius. and, and, and You, you think, will
0: have learned nothing, really.
1: Well, no, but the truth of the matter is as a genius... Mm-hmm. You know everything. Who are you going to talk to? You have even less... Look, you became a smart person... And you felt alone in mm-hmm. your success journey. You now go back at 16. You're now brilliant. Yeah. So now you're like Sheldon on, uh, on what's it called, on uh, Big Bang Theory, right? You know yes. everything you can't relate. And you can't relate yeah. to it. And so you realize, and so somebody asked me that. I was in the Hamptons this summer, and they said, uh, it must be cool being you. Yeah. <laughs> What are you looking at? The car, right? You're looking at the Ferrari, right? You're looking at the house, right? You're looking at the cl- You're looking at the watch. Okay, I got it, it. They don't yeah. understand. You that don't know. You don't everything. know what it took to get there, right? Right. And he said to me out of the blue, what would you do to go back and be your daughter's age? Absolutely nothing. No. I want to continue my journey. Of course. Till I get to 75, 80, maybe 85. And may God take me when I no longer understand why people are crazy and they do what they do. Then take me. Because, because then you're just... I, I'm an overthinker. Right? And people need to understand that successful people are overthinkers.
0: Oh, yeah. Because
1: when you overthink... Different breed. You're looking at things differently. Mm-hmm. Right? My boys, when they play uh, chess, they don't want me in the room. Because they know I'll always help the younger... You're analyzing five,
0: six, I seven know, moves. I already you know already the know, habit yeah. of the
1: way he thinks, the way yeah, he's yeah. going to move. So I already saw the thing. So... <laughs> You know, without specifying where I was, because I don't want to open the door to that, but I was playing backgammon uh, with somebody who I I think was trying to hustle me. Because you don't want to play backgammon. Yeah, we only got time. You want to play? Yeah, let's play. Okay, first one to five wins. Okay. (laughs) So I win three games. Then I remember who he is. So, you know, I don't think he's going to be too happy if I beat him out, you know, straight five, you know. So. so, I let him win two games and then I win another two, and so I win five to two, and so I win the games. So, he says, How much do I owe you? What do you mean, how much do you I didn't realize we were playing for money. I, nobody's got money in here, you know, like where like, so he says to me, He says, um, yeah, Of course, we pay for money. I mean, why wouldn't we pay for money? No, it's because if I knew we were playing for money, I wouldn't have let you win those two games. Because, <laughs> what do you mean? You let me win? Seriously? you don't realize how predictable you are, the way you play? And, and then I spent three hours showing him, him how I knew exactly, if you rolled a set of sixes, I knew exactly what pieces he would move. Right? And, and so you're going there, and you like, like, how did you, because you know how many guys I've watched play? This was because my dad, when I was a child, my dad used to own a sports bar. You know, an Italian, uh, we had a coffee, which was, was also meant playing cards. Yep. Okay. So, so that's I'm, where you learn how to play. That's why I'm staying there, mm-hmm. and I'm just looking, and I'm saying, So I would look at the guy, look at his facial expression, then I'd see what he's putting down. I'd say, okay, so when he does that weird face, that means he's got a good hand. And so you now start analyzing people, right? And that's how now you get to understand people's lies, the bluff. You know, like, I I get told by people, how did you know they were lying? What do you mean, how do I know he was lying? You didn't see the person's reaction. You You got the the tells. You just, you know, and, and you tell, you know, like, and so it's not scientific at 99.9%, no, but, but, but it's, it's close accurate. enough. That's yep. close enough for me to be right. And so, and that's where what happens eventually is that you, you need to disconnect with people, right? And, and I can tell you that the summer away, it was interesting because it disconnected me from the real world and it connected me to the really important people, which were my kids, because One of the things I want to do in the next 21 years, life expectancy. Let's call it 21. Right? (laughs) uh, Is make sure that whatever failures, whatever I did wrong, I want to tell them so they know.
0: Right? You want to tell your kids. Yeah. Here's what I would avoid. Here are dad's mistakes. That's right. Even though. You would not have regrets.
1: No, it's not. Well, regrets serve nothing. No. They, they give you nothing. They, all they do is they ruin your present for, for, for a past that you can't change. Can't control. So who cares, right? No. But, for example, but you also have to admit, uh, as I've repeated often to the mother of, of the kids, uh, you can't raise your kids the way we were raised. You know, that world doesn't exist uh, anymore. Not even close. Right? So, so, in other words, you can't tell me, you know, take the kids off social media. No. Educate the kids how to be on social media. Educate those kids how to be more. And, you know, something very strange happened to me. Uh, my daughter came home from school one day and then she said, the, the police was at school today. Okay, what happened? She She's well, you, you know, every year they do that thing where they come and see you and they, and they make sure that uh, nobody, um, you know, they, they explain to you that you're not supposed to send, you know, Come, sex pictures, provocative stuff. stuff. You know, don't do that. Don't get conned into. Right, they're right. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Then June comes along. Happens what happens? Now I'm in the Hamptons. All of a sudden, I got like grown women
0: on Instagram sending me
1: awkward stuff, and I said, "But I don't, I don't
0: get." So wait a minute. They were sending you. They were sending me. So you awkward stuff.
1: Yeah, like they wanted to like.
0: Hook go up. on a date, because, yeah. you know. Because they, yeah, yeah you know, I get it. Because of what
1: happened, they said, you know, eh, for sure that, that, that marriage is over, so let's, you know, that. And I said this, but how does this person even know me? They don't.
0: No, no, the joke is they did. They did know you? And okay. I said,
1: why is she mentioning my daughter? Mm. So I would go see my daughter, say, who is this? Oh, you know my friend, this, is that's her mother. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? This is a grown woman, like she's in her mid-40s, early 50s. And so that's when I tell myself, you wow. see, that's what happens yeah. to the people who didn't grow up with social media. They don't realize that that's not okay. That's not normal. But yeah. now our kids, what are we doing? We're telling them ahead of time, so many times, over and over and over. No, and over, it's not okay to do that. Don't do that. It's not right to do that. It's not a good thing to do that. That eventually is going to sink in. Right. right. And that's where the whole, like, for example, when we were younger, right? Because of the AIDS ap- epidemic and the whole thing safe sex was ingrained in our mind.
0: Yeah. Now they
1: today. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. What, what, what? Why? Well, no, it's not the same feeling. What are you talking? You're 14 years old, 15 what years old. What feeling? Feelings? You're not supposed to have a feeling. Yeah. You're not even supposed to be doing it. So what are <laughs> you talking about, right? And that's where those six weeks in the Hamptons. That's where turning 50. Oh, sorry.
0: What did you uh, drop? Your phone? Yeah, I dropped one
1: of my phones. So, but that's what that's what Sal
0: was talking about.
1: It's that when you turn fifty, you start like your your level of wisdom is at a certain level where you start slowing down, now you have more time to think. And the minute you start thinking, now you realize even more how you're disconnected with a whole bunch of people. Yes. Because when you work so much, you don't even have time. To think, to think about. No, you're uh, so right. The, the anomalies of the world, yeah. right? Like, for example, let's talk uh, economics a bit. You know, I get a call from the Bank of Canada saying,
0: "Wait, you- the Bank of Canada called you."
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm uh, so I have an economics degree, right? And as head, as, yes. uh, as head of a uh, publicly known company, mm-hmm. uh, and as somebody who has been asked many times about my sector. Mm-hmm. They Your call, business, yep. yeah. they'll call me up and say, what are you, what are you expecting for the next 12 months? Well, how do okay. you see they the They do economies? that it's a forecast Yeah, what's yeah. And, the and they do it not only with me, but they do it a whole bunch of Okay, yeah. Not, not the not, first time they contact that's me. That's right, not yeah. the first time. But the nice thing about me is that because I have an economics degree, I can speak to them because it's an economics and an, an, an economist that calls me. So now we're talking as, as, as coworkers almost, mm-hmm. right? So he says to me, you know, we're trying to... What do you think inflation is going to be like? I said, right after COVID's over, inflation's going to start dropping by itself. So we shouldn't be raising interest rates? No. Why are you raising interest rates? Well, we want to slow down inflation. But who told you that by raising inf- in, 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 you know, interest rates, you're going to reduce inflation? Well, Mr. Gusser, you have an economics degree, you know that. Yeah, but that's a theory. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, but of course it works. No, it doesn't. Nope. Think about it. You, you raise my interest rates. I now have to pay more interest to cover that. I got to raise my ticket prices, so ticket prices so went from ten bucks to per- thirteen fifty. Yeah. It's the defined
0: purpose. the purpose and food prices and everything. Like went you have up. a yeah. crisis yeah.
1: that created this, mm-hmm. right? And so I said, you guys are not getting it. You you got to let it, you, you know. And they said we're, we're we're having a mild. What did they say? I think they said a mild recession. Mild for who? You realize that most people who have open loans, with the increase in their interest rate. They're now making the same payment as before, but only in interest, not interest and capital. Right. Which means now the is in ex- Everybody's going bankrupt Horrible. technically. Yep. It's like all of the property values are dropping, right? Foreign investors are coming in and getting it on a cheap. But the problem is that it's, it's, it's a mathematical mistake, right? And it's sad because we should be stimulating the economy, because our call it our recession was really COVID. Yeah, that was it. That was the one that <laughs> killed the whole bunch yeah. of people. So now you got to be stimulating the economy, but no, if we do that, we're gonna increase inflation. So, on Friday I was in Toronto. I've been, uh, I, I had a um, uh, a gig where I had to go for um, a Christmas party of a of a transport company, and. The guy in particular, the president of that company in particular is somebody who was on Dragon's Den as a pitcher, right? So, he, you know, so I got to know him and whatever. And so I'm at this event and I, and I ask him, how are transport costs going? Ah, we're getting killed now. What do you mean you're getting killed now? As much as we were flying during COVID, now we're getting killed. Why? Because now everybody realized that we took advantage. So everybody's saying, looks to me, the $12,000 a container I'm not paying you. I have $5,000. You take it or leave it or else I'm going somewhere else. Why? Because now people are not moving as much stuff. Mm-hmm. So now you have the same five companies who, who now are all looking for business. Everybody expanded too quickly. Everybody has too many trucks now. Everybody has got too many containers. So everybody now needs to. It's a bit like in the construction business. When we subtract out work, we get three quotes. And the, when I was younger, I, didn't, I couldn't understand. I was like, I'm not getting what's going on. I'd get, let's say, for a job, a million dollars, a million and a half, and two million. Didn't the guys look at the same plans? How did the guy from a million go to two million? double, yeah. The truth of the matter is, the guy at two million, he has too much work. He can't even take your contract. But he's willing to push another contract aside if you're willing to pay him twice the price. He says, you know what, I'm not stupid. I'll take Gutsu's contract and I'll move over another guy. I'll drop a smaller contract so I have the time to do it. The guy that's at a million, he has no work. He needs the job. So he's willing to undercut his margins to get the job. Mm-hmm. But that's called the free market enterprise. Yep. So don't touch interest rates. Drop everything back down to what the market should be. Because right now, you're basically have a knife at everybody's throat. And things are about to get really bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very I, bad. I no? think things are going to get... So what's interesting for the movie business... Yeah, is- I was going to ask you, how, how does so, it affect your well, business? So... Our business is a cyclical business. What people don't realize is going to the movies is about a generational issue. So when you were a teenager, you would go it. to the movies. No. Well, you become a little older. Now you have a mortgage to pay. You have kids. You have this. You have that. So a whole bunch of, you have a dog, you know, so all kinds of things. But the same stories have to be told, right? So we still say the, you know, uh, Little Red Riding Hood to the kids, that, uh, you know, when they're young. The problem is it's the same story. But if you tell me the same story to me that you tell to my daughter, I mean, uh, like I have an iPad, uh, you know, I see cool stuff. You got to give me something cooler. Uh-huh. So the guy who made me realize that the 10, 15-year cyclical periods in the movie business is James Cameron. When... Big director. Yeah. And, and I said this at a at the Outwater Club, and I said, I'm going to spare you the details, but we were in the bathroom, two men at urinals. And I looked up yeah. and I said, hey, you're James Cameron. He goes, yeah. I said, how do you feel that your ex-wife with a dinky movie like Hurt Locker won the Academy Award and you didn't get it for Avatar?
0: So he looked at me. <laughs> this the, guy? <laughs> he said, no, he looked
1: at me and said, you look familiar. Yeah, I'm, I'm Vince Goodslow. I, I would shake your hands, but you know, given it's what we're weird. doing right now, it's a little weird. Yeah, yeah would, no, Let's <laughs> not shake hands. Okay. Okay. Oh, you're the guy from Canada. Yeah, yeah. I know uh. who you are. Yeah, you, you fit. You fit your reputation. Like, what do you mean? It's a very annoying question you just asked. me. <laughs> Why? Because uh. it hurts your ego, right? And he goes, uh. yeah. Uh. But then I remember the $200 million profit I made off Avatar, and I'm all good. It's yeah, okay. I she can so. have she can have the Academy Award. I'll have it another time. Everything, right? But <laughs> in, in that ensued yeah. a, a, an incredible friendship and ensued a discussion. Which was Wait, you're good friends with uh, James Camp Well, good enough to have that if I go to LA I can call him up yeah, to yeah, go nice. for lunch or whatever. That's right? very cool. And so, like he won't put me in a movie, you no, no. He says you're a reality show.
0: Yeah. I'm a star you're not,
1: that's cool. you're not an actor, right? Yeah. So he says to me, he says, No, I say to him, I said, So how did you manage to have the number one and number two top grossing movies? Remember, when Avatar came out, uh, um, what's it called? Um, uh, uh, Marvel? No, um, Endgame. Oh, Endgame, yeah. Endgame hadn't come wow. out yet, right? So he's got, he's got Avatar, and then under that is Titanic. Yep. So said, I was just going to mention that. He goes, how do you, like, you know, how do you, how did you do it? He goes, uh, seriously? You, you don't know? No, I don't. Well you to tell me that because you're a genius or something, you know, because you know we had become friends enough to like I could tease him. You realize it's the same movie, right? The premise is the same. The love story and everything? Yeah. No. I go, like, it's the love story. Well, so basically we're in a we're in a phase right now in our industry where the Marvel superheroes, if it's not something that's already so when the first Iron Man came out. It, it was somewhat of a flop. I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. When I came out yeah. of the movie, everybody said, what did you think? Call me Iron Man. Mm-hmm. You know, like yep. this is like, either- I thought that
0: was, the original was the best one. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: yes, but the mass didn't go for it. Right. Right. Then they saw it, you mm-hmm. know, and so, so basically what's going on now is this whole thing of, we need to change superheroes. We need to make inclusive superheroes. We need to do this and we need to do that. Guys, you're burying the story in, in all kinds of political correctness, and so it's making the transition a little more complicated. But what we've seen is that Barbie made a killing. Okay, So now...
0: So that was good. Yes, yeah, so a very right. good movie for so you. So
1: you can tell now that there's a changing of the guard. The generation of, I call it my son Angelo, 26 years old, my son Vittorio, 24, they're on their way out. They're no longer going to be the regular movie goers. They're going to be the the Godfather's coming out. Oh, now that no, we're going to watch that cuz it's supposed to be an incredible movie. So it's going to grab everybody, you know. So Oppenheimer brought back a whole bunch of whiteheads as I call yep. them, you know, Tate Blanche, you know, yep. and so forth. but what filled in the auditoriums was Barbie. The new generation they they're so used to all kinds of other stuff for effects that effects are no longer impressive. Mm-hmm. Now, I want a story.
0: Episode 150 of the Drive-By Podcast with Vince Guzzo is sponsored by Les Delices Lafrenet. Simplement delicious. Simply delicious. Vince walked into my brand new studio. And uh, even though he uh, said hi, gave me a nice warm welcome, even before he noticed how nice this studio is and he walked in or anything, first thing that caught his eye was... The boxes from Les La Lafrenette. You could fit about four pastries in here, maybe about six to eight in here. He opened up the boxes to find an empty box. I said, Vince, these ones happen to be prop boxes, right? Uh, but uh, there's always pastries flowing at the drive-by studios. And I also got you. I did. I also got him. An Italian panino filled with uh, cold cuts, favorite cold cuts, which they'll do and press for you at the Brossard location. You could check them out there in the deli section, or maybe you're looking to get a uh, nice coffee, middle of the day. They have the pastries displayed now, more cakes than ever in their newly expanded store, and you could do some grocery shopping with Italian products direct from Italy. Five Montreal locations, St. Leonard, Rosemare, Pointe-Claire, Montreal West, and Brossard, Les Delices, Lafrenette. I want to feel Butterfly. Something. Right? Mm
1: -hmm. In other words, Love Story, Titanic, Avatar, same ending. Same
0: structure. The
1: the couple doesn't end together. No. (laughs) The woman dies. In Titanic, the guy dies. In the other one, they they separate another way. You know, like, so, the movie business, is like I said, I I would give it another, I think 2024 is going to be a big year. I think what we've done in 2021, 2022 is we've gotten out of the way this whole thing of people want to stay home and they want to watch everything at home. I think people want to get out now. I think people want to get out. I think people... You know, it's the same thing when... I think there was a... There was a... There was a... A a, a poll that recently said that nightclubs are having a bit of a hard time uh, because the population is getting older. No, it's not. That's not why... Nightclubs are having a hard time. It's because they're, they're just not adapting to the new 15, 16, 17, 18 year olds.
0: You have to change with you the you got to change it up. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. And so. They're
0: using the same formula. That's right. All like, these businesses. Like, I don't go, like, I haven't, look, I, 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 I,
1: I can put it this way. I was relieved of my obligations. So I could have gone to nightclubs every night if I wanted to, but I never went. Why? Because that's not where I want to... Like, I don't want to meet somebody in a nightclub. I don't want to meet somebody in a... I I don't even want to meet somebody. Maybe I already know too many people, right? You know what I'm
0: trying to say? You don't need to know more. That's right. And so
1: people change. Yeah. Our tastes change. I think finally, we were saying it. I I was telling LA, I would say it's a good five, six years. Guys, stop with the effects. I, I need a story. I need to cry. Not because I want to cry. I need to cry. You need to you need to take advantage of me in my emotions. You gotta give me the roller coaster of emotions.
0: Which is the same in television, radio. That's right. And they haven't changed with the times. And because you don't change with the times, you're not giving the audience that emotion. That's right. Right and and relating to them, same thing with the movie industry. That's right. That's the threat to your business. That could be going downhill. Because that's of right. that,
1: and that's why even the reality show. So, yep. you know, uh, I renovated the house and I got a lot of uh, a lot of new pop art. You know, very like amazing. this stuff in the back. Yeah, like a lot more young. Like I mean, if you know, if you come to the house, it's 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 a totally different vibe, right? And and that's part of the Mr. Sunshine 2.0. In other words, normally I'd have a blue blazer, right? Or yeah, you're more comfy. I'm all in black, yep. and I'm wearing like you know. So, uh, COVID COVID told me I could wear a T-shirt. The minute COVID was over, I put my, my, sh- my shirt back on, my button down and whatever. I'm wearing a T-shirt now, okay? If you don't mind, anybody. Yeah. Know? Uh, you know, and so all that to say what? To say that I've pitched uh, a new concept reality show, which is let's not have a partially scripted reality show that we're going to pretend is a reality show where a bunch of girls are going to date guys, break up with them, and then make controversy and then do a few sex tapes here and there to make even more... Mm -hmm. Let's, Let's have a real reality show where some guy's in his office and he's pondering the meaning of life that day. And I can tell you that... It's more than one episode to ponder the meaning of life. <laughs> and then when you got kid number one who says, Dad, I want to get married. You're insane. Don't do it. So, you know, like the, And, and so much. You see, and, and, and many that. times there's so much stuff that needs to get explained to this new generation of people, of youngsters. Because when I say to people, so I have a friend of mine, uh, a paisan of mine, uh, who comes from the same old hometown as my parents do. Whose son got engaged, so you know she posted on Instagram and this. this. So I text, I I, I DMed her direct and says, "You didn't want to tell me ahead of time. Huh? when I was with him two weeks ago, because I would have convinced him not to do it." She says, shut up. They all have to make their mistakes. Yeah, but did you at least tell him the mistakes not to make? Shut up. He has to learn by himself. So what are you telling me? It's okay nowadays. Everybody's allowed to one divorce. And that's when I said to myself, "Look at how." Look at how frivolous divorce has become. Because everybody does it, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Right? Yeah, that's another and, thing, yeah. And I had a discussion with, uh, with, uh, uh, with some women and some men, and, and I said, you know, the biggest, the biggest selfish pitch that I've ever heard from lawyers and couples therapists is it's okay if people get divorced. The kids will be fine. Really? Which metrics are you using? Because I haven't seen one metric that says that,
0: that ever kids the divorced no. people
1: are in a better situation than when they're in a, you know, in, in, in a, in a united family. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not understanding what you're saying. And that's where the problem is. Is that the, thank God, they're really on the way out. The baby boomers, I think their own selfishness has created a society that's a little lost. I agree. I sat down, not with my son. I sat down with the girlfriend. Do you guys know what you're doing? Do you know what marriage is? And, and they were like, no, I just want to tell you. Because right now you guys are in love. So the fact that he leaves the seat up, it's okay, I love him. And you put the seat <laughs> down. <laughs> Trust me, I've seen people get a, get a divorce over a goddamn seat. Put right. it up, put it down. You know what? Buy a total one. Send 10 grand. Buy the total one. It's going to go up and down by itself. <laughs> and we're all good. You save yourself. How much? 10, ten grand? 10 grand. You save, yeah. yourself, uh, you save yourself a million-dollar legal bill from a divorce, right? But the truth of the matter is <laughs> we don't communicate anymore. No. Right? And, and if we do try and communicate, then you become a pain in the a pain in the ass, like you. You know, like you're too controversial. What does that mean? You notice? I don't. I'm not. I don't consider myself controversial. I consider myself polarizing. I put you at extreme poles yep. because that's what people want to hear. Right. The minute I say that, you know what happens? Oh fuck! I can't even criticize him anymore. He criticized himself. Exactly. But I don't consider being polarizing being an insult. I consider it being. I put my cards down on the table up front. Yes. If you're gonna talk to me like a whack job, and <laughs> you're gonna tell me no, no, because yep, no, you're you, in. you know, I don't want to have a discussion about the environment, right? Because that we should be more respectful of our planet. And I'm again, absolutely all yes. in. I'm yep. all in. Yeah. But you do realize, right, that they're talking about bringing back nuclear power. <laughs> so now, to avoid carbon emissions, we're gonna go to the nuclear. Because we little... seem to have forgotten what happens when one of those things goes goes wrong. Chernobyl, right, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Or when a plane decides he's going to fly out of route and dive into it, maybe, right? Because he, he went into two towers, maybe. know yeah. So you never know, right? It's, it's a little crazy, but what what kills me every time is why do people have to talk to me or to us? Mm-hmm. You're including it, me in this group, yeah? <laughs> because because when I have a politician, yeah. say up front. If we do this, 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 we will reduce by four no, percent, by four degrees the heating of the planet. What are you talking about? Where do you get this from? There's not enough data. There's not enough data on climate change. In other words, historic data. Yeah. Is
0: historic
1: Heat, 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 back down, down, down. We go, know we're go, in a...
0: There's a 12,000-year cycle. We know right. that. Okay. But, but the data... But nobody has like, the data, right? No, it's okay. 100... And, so it's not like the movie industry and, that every 15 is. years we can see... Yeah, you see something this thing. Yeah. Okay, look, a you have real data right. since it
1: started. Uh, it's so, inception. So for me now, it's either we get politicians who are going to start saying, okay, look, guys, Mr. Gutsu said it. The minute I do a forecast, of what I think I'm going to do in 2024, the day January 1st, 2024, my forecast's no good anymore. Because how am I going to? Like in other words, it's my best guess estimate. Mm-hmm. But I have 40 years of movie theater expertise, plus I got my father's, 20 years longer than me in there. Mm-hmm. So I got 60 years, plus I got a whole industry. Now some some past presidential candidate. And the U.S. comes up and says, "If we do this, 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 we're gonna get four percent, four four degrees less warming up of the planet. Really? Because I don't know about you guys. During the summer, it gets really warm. But if I go to the Hamptons, it wasn't that warm this year. It was so so. But uh, it's pretty cold outside right now. Yeah. What happened to the warming up now? It doesn't. So where the problem is is it's the same thing as during COVID, right? COVID was a, a specific problem."
0: But people weren't asking questions. People never seem to ask the right questions, or right. questions in general. Or just questions in general, because right.
1: it's seen as if you ask the question, you're being confrontational,
0: mm-hmm. right? So I, I asked the question. Just so, you saying this today gets in the hands of like to one person and say, "Oh, he's a uh, climate change denier," and <laughs> you're not. No, 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 no <laughs> at all. Look, but 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 look. this is how people think, and, people and I'll will give you take something you said and twist it. He said, look at how cold it is today. I'll tell tell you, I'll
1: tell you, I'll tell you how, I'll tell you how, uh, let's call it the big con, right? I, I call it the big con, the way everybody's being conned. So I was invited many, many years ago to go to Bologna, all expenses paid. And I went to see the launching of the La Ferrari, which was Ferrari's first hybrid vehicle. A hell of a surprise when I realized that the first 750 horsepowers were gas and then if you needed an extra 150 to get to 900 horsepowers just in case, then the electrical kicked in, okay <laughs> so because back then the president of Ferrari North America was a guy called Mark, uh, Marco Mattiacci, very good friend of mine, I made him meet his wife, uh, Montreal girl so he's from Rome and everything I said, hey, can you explain to me the, like I'm never going to use the batteries, right? Yeah, I know. So, why did you make a hybrid car where I'm not going to use the battery? It's because we had to meet the uh, European uh, guidelines of converting cars from gas to electric. Yeah. So, we put the electric at the end.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Not man, the uh, other way
1: around. In Italian, though, it's a. So, I said <laughs> I to him in Italian. I said, no, no, no. I said, oh, Marco, I'm <laughs> oh, a cool over here. Like, yeah. you're really taking me for a moron there. Yeah. If you want, once the car is delivered, Take out the batteries. What do we care? I don't care. But, that being said, I did not buy the LaFerrari. But, but, the 296 GTB hybrid car V6 where the batteries are in the front of the, the gas. hybrid starts. The hybrid starts. The I can switch it to gas if I want. But right. I can start gas. I can start hybrid. Right? That's a good car. It's a beautiful car. Mm-hmm. I bought the car. Oh, you bought it. Nice. I bought it. And I, I, I seem to forget that I have to charge it. So sometimes I, it charges by itself as I'm driving, as I'm braking. I don't even know how they charge that thing. But the conclusion is that when I go from my house to the office, I don't use gas. It's, makes sense. Yeah. The problem that nobody's understanding is that it makes sense because we pay, what, six cents
0: for hydro,
1: for, for kilowatt hour, mm. uh, for hydro. In, in Italy, hydro costs more than the gas. People actually fuel generators to, to give them electricity versus uh, the, 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 you know, the, the, the um, hydroelectrical dams. And so that's where now the problem is, is that, yes, we need to find a solution. Who are the big polluters, right? Is it really the cars? Is it really the traffic? Is it What is it? What is it? Like, what can we do to reduce the pollution? So I'm not... I'm not going to, you're never going to see me in a march for the environment. There's no reason for me to be there. There's already too many people. <laughs> Half of the city's already marching. They don't need me. They don't need me. There's a march every day. But I can tell you that when my son takes a bottle mm-hmm. and he throws it in the garbage, and says, but why would you throw it in the garbage? For? What do you mean? It's a plastic bottle. Put it in the recycling. What's the difference? The difference is that here it gets recycled and it goes into the garbage. Okay. But once again. Did anybody ever explain to this generation why plastic bottles were invented? Because it was a question of hygiene. There was no, no chances of making a mistake. Because when you take plastic, uh, when you take glass bottles and you clean them and you return them in this consignment, and re- sometimes the cleaning doesn't get done 100%. And then, and, and then you get an epidemic of uh, people getting some, some bug or something, right? And so plastic bottles were great because they were disposable. Is we didn't realize that we were going to dispose so much of it, mm-hmm. right? And then when they take pictures of garbage on a beach, you know, like at uh, the beach club in Calumet or whatever. That is.
0: It's all full of bottles. But the it, plastics are everywhere.
1: Yeah, I know, but it's not It's not the manufacturer who threw them there. Right? No, it's, it's the people. It's the people. Exactly. Right? The same people are saying, we got to protect the environment. Yeah. Right? They're throwing it. And, see, and that's where the whole idea is. And, you know, there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of things that need to change. And because of the last 14 months, I can tell you that sometimes the only way to have change is shit really has to hit the fan. People have to hit rock bottom to say, okay, wait up a minute. There's something I'm doing wrong. Right? So I, I haven't posted it in a long time, but I'm going to post it. I said, we are the, the cumulative... No, we are the result of the cumulative bad decisions we made. Mm-hmm. If you want a better result, make better decisions. It's true. Right? Because you need to realize that every bad decision you take has a psychological impact on you.
0: And your population. Your population. It's and governments easy. make a lot of bad decisions, politicians.
1: Well, because it's not their pockets. No. Right? Exactly. Yep. It's not their, you know, like, I don't want to be mean, but why the hell was Boeing given a military contract with no bid, and why was Bombardier not taken into account? Mm-hmm. I'm not a Bombardier shareholder, so I don't care. But right. why? Since when has it become that to look like I'm being fair to international firms, I need to treat badly my local firms? So I have to exclude you from the bidding so that a foreign company gets it, so that I look like I'm welcoming foreign investment. Seriously? Who, who, who's employing my people? The local guys. Why don't you take care of the local guys? And that's where, that's where the discussion with my future daughter-in-laws was about appreciate the husband or the boyfriend or the man you have in your life. Don't try and say he could be 20% better but he's 80% perfect. You want 100.
0: It's <laughs> impossible. You,
1: you know that you're giving away 80 to go get the extra 20. I'm not sure. What happens if you go get the extra 20, but the 80 is no longer there? Then you're only 20%. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's, that happens to us, you know, on dragons, then I say it often. I'm already married. If I want to have a headache, I'm already married. I don't need to partner up in business with somebody to have a <laughs> headache because a business relationship is like a marriage. Yeah,
0: it is. If
1: it's going to give me grief, not interested. Mm-hmm. Why would I want to become your partner? If, if we're going to just argue all the time, right? We have to, we have to be aligned. Yep. That's right. Yeah. It's things like that. that
0: uh... Vince, you're always philosophical. You always have great things to say. I'm telling you. And now, yeah, not only do you say them, you know, out loud in person, as you check right. your phone, I'm not checking my phone. I'm, uh, I'm actually bringing up a couple of things that you posted recently because they're so good, I had to screenshot them. So these are the types of messages, memes, social media messages that you put out. And so I'm curious as to two things, Mm -hmm. your thoughts about what I'm about to read. And then, you know, sometimes people will say, oh, Vince, I know how Vince is feeling today based on the messages he's putting out. No, you don't right? He's just put, or sometimes they'll look into it, right? They'll look into it a little more going, why is, what does this mean? What's the meaning behind Vince Guzzo putting this out? And, and it could be any of these types of things that I'm, I'm going to read now. So here's, here's one of them that made me laugh. I look at people sometimes and think for real, that's the sperm that won. <laughs> and then <laughs> <gonna> tap here. <laughs> and, and then you tap there and the next one says, if you
1: got offended by my comment, just think about the things I didn't say. Right. Imagine how
0: fantastic. She- yeah. But, but it's so true. But it's, it's, it, it really is true, though. How did you, the, how did you make that <laughs> the problem?
1: <laughs> that, that club. So sometimes, so uh, when I was in law school, the course I hated the most, okay, so. Because I'm not a lawyer in the sense that I didn't go to bar school, I can say this. I, I don't think I ever attended uh, more than one or two classes for each subject. The only two classes that I attended every single class was tax law and constitutional law. But let me tell you something. I cannot stand constitutional law. I said, it's called Droit Constitutionnel et Administratif. Like, seriously, kill me now. <laughs> okay. But this is why I went. Yeah. No, because, not because the teacher was good looking, because that's what some people would say. No, it's because the teacher was Pierre Leotrudo. So, because of who he was, right? But with that in mind, now ask yourself like this if he can take such a boring subject and make me want to go listen, because I actually thought he was going to say something that. You know, like, was going to make it
0: important. Mm -hmm. An impact on your life. Right.
1: So I said to myself, if somebody doesn't put a little controversy here every once in a while and says something really outrageous that sounds outrageous, right? (laughs) But it's the truth. In other words, what's normality? Right? Is normality the people that voted in some of the stupidest politicians we've ever had? Oh, but, but he's good looking. Excuse me. But he's good looking. But what do you mean he's good looking? <laughs> Who cares he's good looking? I don't want a good looking prime minister. He's got a nicer set of hair than you do. I'm going to shave myself bald if it's for that. What do I care about the hair? He, he, like, I want somebody or... or Actually, l- I have better hair. Or, or, or Harper. No, no, what was it? It's because <laughs> it's Harper was too patronizing. He was almost like an uncle. But I'd rather have an experienced uncle yep. running the country than my cousin who's on weed. Like, it just doesn't make sense. It's like, like you guys are crazy. And so, and so, that comment is to make people realize, guys, stop listening to people around you. There's, there's way more stupid people than there are intelligent people. And the problem is this. Why would you... So, why would you ask somebody that knows absolutely nothing about you, doesn't know what you're going through... Yeah, exactly. Right, To I know uh, what you're going to say. Right, so, yep, in other words, yep. in other words <laughs> I... I, I, I When people look at who my friends are, right? They say to me, you're very selective with your friends. No. I have friends from the old neighborhood. Guys that are in the construction business. Not owners. They're in the hole digging. They got dirty, cracked hands. That guy, I'm going to go talk to him about soccer. I'm going to talk to him about who's better, Messi, Pele, whoever. Okay, like, not going to go ask him. What do you think interest rates are going to do? What do you think I should do? It Right? I'm going to go see somebody. But you know how many young people only swear by their friends. But who's your friend? What does your friend know about you? And this one's for for women out there. You know, every time I see women, the way they interact, because, you know, one of the things that you didn't bring up in in one of my posts is I, I put a lot of women empowerment through my daughter stuff. One of my biggest viewed uh, stories is about, uh, about, um, uh, about my daughter. I, I, a story where I say that I bought a, I gave a car to my daughter. And I tell my daughter, go sell the car, see what you can get for it. So she went in one place and she got offered a thousand bucks. She went to another place, she got offered 5,000 bucks. She went to another place, she got $100,000 offered. Moral of the story. Know your worth and know where you have to go to get the maximum value for who you are, like the car, Mm -hmm. right? All that to say what? To say when I look at the hypocrisy in society today, everybody's good at giving advice. Everybody's an expert. Everybody's an expert, right? So
0: the people I feel the worst for are women. Why?
1: Because they're caught between a hard place and a rock. And I don't want my daughter to be caught between a hard place and a rock.
0: Or a rock in a hard place. Or a rock and a hard place. <laughs> or a rock and a
1: hard place. <laughs> Either way. But, and what I mean by that is, if you're, if you're a career woman with mm-hmm. no kids, <laughs> she's not a woman. She's got no motherly instinct. If you're a mother with four kids, <laughs> well, what does she do? Her? She doesn't have a career. She's nobody. She's just tagged to whoever her husband is. It's like, women can never make other women happy. So the best thing to do is don't make them happy. Don't go do flat cut. Mm-hmm. And think about what's important for you. You know, one of the things that was repeated over and over again the last fourteen months in various therapy. This, this, this was. You were in therapy. I, I yes, yeah, I, I, well, I went to couples therapy. I mean, yeah. it's, I think it's just legitimate to try and you know resolve. I'll resolve you I mean? You, you, uh, what I always like to say: a good couples therapist will will help you and better your communication skills. If he can't do that then he's not helping right because remember in love and hate there's always a marriage the problem is you don't want to be on the hate side of that marriage mm-hmm. right and so but so in, and in, in therapy one of the things that that was often you know discussed was what's being controlling and what's being protected right like what's what is it to be uh To, to, so there was a comment made, and somebody said, and, and my daughter said it to me. My, my daughter actually said it to her mother, said, "That's not controlling. That just wants to make sure that what we want is what we want, not what our friends want, not what our mother wants, not what our sisters want, not what our brothers want. Not what we want's what we want. Yeah right And in fact, you know, Rosella's mom acknowledges. She says, mm. no, it's true. Vince would always give me whatever I wanted or didn't want. But always be- I had to prove to him that's what I want. Because as long as that's what you want, I'm willing to make you happy and give it to you. Right? And that's what the problem is. The so problem is that how few people realize that, and I said this to somebody once, I said, if you go into a relationship faking it, Remember, because fake it till you make it. It's a great slogan of God knows what generation, right? This one. This one. Fake it till you make it. Okay. So as you're faking it, the person across the table,
0: are they faking it? How do you know?
1: They don't seem to know you're faking it.
0: Right? So everyone's faking it, basically.
1: No, but you don't know. You don't know. So you sit there and you say, so why am I talking to the hairdresser or to my spray tan girl or to whoever? About my problems, let's say. Or for example, why would I go up to my father and tell him, you know, how did you and mommy last fifty four years, fifty-five years? What the fuck do I know? Back in those days we didn't get a divorce. If it was if I knew I could have had a divorce, maybe I would have left her, it would have been my sixth wife, you know, like all that to say what? That there comes a point where if you're not willing to be honest with people, don't ask for advice. No. Right? When I go see a lawyer, I always tell her. I say, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. You just remind me what I'm not allowed to remember. But let me tell you the story. And then you tell me what I'm not allowed to remember. Okay? And so you tell them the story. But if I don't tell you the truth, why am I listening to your advice? And that's where this generation, for me, that's what worries me. I don't remember ever... So I'm going to say something that's going to sound really strange. Every time I told a woman I loved her, I really thought I did love her.
0: But you didn't always love her. No. You thought you did.
1: I thought I did. And then later on, when the relationship didn't work and then I, you know, let's say I turned 18 and then I dated another girl, what I was feeling with that other girl, this new girl, Mm -hmm. was different enough from the, previous one to say oh wait up a minute then maybe it wasn't love that that was like extreme like degrees else. of liking yep. so it's like fifty shades of some great thing right yep. so so black is pure love Just, and ultimately and the reason why i bring the, the love thing in is because i said to somebody at the all water club I you know i give a speech on business and, whatever, and the person said How do you take your passion in business and do this, 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 that, right? I I looked at the crowd and I said, did I say the word passion to anybody? No, no, no. But I mean, you know, that's what you were trying to say. No, (laughs) I never said the word passion. (laughs) No, but you're passionate about what? Why? You're in the movie business. It's 50 years. April 1st, 2021, gonna be 50 years we're in the movie business. You're passionate about movies. Who told you that? (laughs) Where'd you get that from? Well, wow, Why would you be fifty years in in the movie business? Why would you do it then? Because I make money off it. Oh, so it's only for the money. Yeah. <laughs> he goes. So, so it's like, yeah. No, no. My son's passionate about movies. That's why he's at NYU Film School. He wants to be a movie maker. Me, I don't want. Me, I want to make money. Mm-hmm. Then with the money, <laughs> then with the money, this is what I'm going to do. With the money, I'm going to go do the things I like, the passionate things. Yes. So that makes sense. Making mm-hmm. money is the sacrifice I do to provide for my family, Mm -hmm. to raise, and it's okay. And everybody seems to say, no, no, you have to be happy. But I'm happy. When I make, uh, when I end the year with a $20 million profit, I'm happy, I'm very happy. Like, you can't imagine how happy I am, (laughs) right? And and so, that's the other thing. You know, I ask, when I go talk to university students, I say to them, what do you, what do you guys wanna do in life? Like, let's say, what's your goal? Everybody wants to be successful. Okay. But why do you want to be successful? Because I, I want to leave the world a better place. Yeah. You're full of shit. Uh, what else? Uh, <laughs> uh, because I want to give half of the money to change the plan. Yeah, okay, you're full of shit too. Uh, anybody, here, like, anybody here? Anybody here? Anybody no, here no, I said, yeah, anybody here want to be honest? <laughs> to me or what? And normally there's never anybody who's going to be honest. It's okay. So it's not so bad, guys. It doesn't matter that none of you want to be honest. Because out of 400 of you, Less than one of you is really going to make it. So I really don't oh, care. Well, those are the stats. Right. right. So um, I really don't care. Less you guys than, don't yeah. want to be honest. Less, but, less than 0.25 right. if there's. Right. You know. So I said, to him, I said, so if you think that Elon Musk started off his business career by saying, I want to change the world. I want to send, I want to go to space and I want to do beautiful things for humanity. And I want to move humans there. And I want to do electrical things too. Eh, the guy wants to make money. And you see it the way billionaires will go from one business to another
0: business to another business to another business. And they'll just try out he, money. Exactly. Why that's is right. he doing that? Yeah. That's right. And then. It can't be that all those businesses are his passion. That's right. Maybe one is, but not everything. That's right. And then look at um, the guy from the Mavericks.
1: He's on Shark oh,
0: Tank. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, he's on Shark Tank uh, USA. I'm, I'm getting a block on his name. Uh, I just heard a story about him the other day. What was interesting about him.
1: Is that he invented some radio app. Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. He invented some software that I think for radio or something that Google paid him like 5 billion bucks for. He sold it. It never worked. Right? Never worked. His passion was basketball. So what did he do?
0: He bought a basketball team. team.
1: With the 5 billion bucks. And, and, And he's got even left over. So... Keep Which makes passion. Sense. Yeah. yeah, so keep passion. So people tell me, what's your passion? My passion is my family. Why? Because as I told my older boys when they were younger, one day they were fighting on Christmas Eve and I got mad and I gave them a disciplinary little smack in the. In the oh, be quiet, both of you. I said, both of you, boaties, you're full of shit. I go, me, when I was your age, all I wanted was a brother. And God, you know what he gave me? He gave me a fucking toy all the time. He never gave me a brother. And you guys, you're here fighting between yourself. It took him about five, six years. To, to answer realize me. How, no, uh, no, no, to answer me.
0: Oh, just to answer. Yeah, here. just, no, no, because, you know, they, they, they were scared. I don't want to
1: say nothing, you know. Like. Then five, six years later, I told them the story. You know, I reminded them the story when they were arguing about, uh, once again, about stupidities. You know, who's the better soccer player? Oh, fuck, you know. Blah, blah. Okay, shut up. It's Christmas Eve. Like. <laughs> and I said, man, you finished again. And so one of them says, by the way, I have an answer for you. For what? Remember when you did that? Yeah, what's the, 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 the I didn't ask you a question. I said, but I have an answer for you. See, the reason why you got upset at us is because your relationship with your brother is an ideal. Because you don't have one. Yeah, yeah, if I had a brother, me and him, phew, me, and my, me and my brother, it would be all over. We divide the world in half. I don't own half, you don't own the other half. I go. She said, but that's the problem. That's the ideal. That's the romance in your mind. Me, I have a brother. He's a pain in the ass. And he drives me crazy. Right? And he never puts his stuff away. And it's always a mess at the house because I am. And then I got two younger brothers. And they drive me even more crazy. Right? And so that's where we go back to this.
0: It's so unfair. I didn't have a brother. Yeah, you mentioned that. You on know, episode two of the yeah, drive-by I, I, two. I, I, it's know, something that, that you it, carry, right? right. Uh, yeah. But that's why I wanted so yeah. many kids.
1: Yeah. Right? And that's why now I have five kids. And I feel that that was my passion. Now, you know, Mother Teresa says it all, said, used to say it all the time. You want to change the world? Go home and just love your kids. Because the problem is that too many of us. And so, you know, before I, I gave you the example of, of women who are caught in, in difficult situations. If they're career women, they're seen as non-feminine, non-motherly. If they're motherly and stay at home, they're seen as retrograde and they're from the, the, you know, the old country, like you know uh, husbands or whatever. But men are caught in the same problem. Right? I was having a discussion once with, uh, with a woman about Freud and everything, and, and the discussion was that when, when you go to therapy and, and they do psychoanalysis, they always blame it on your mother. What are you surprised about? Yeah, it's always the woman's fault. But it is. Think about it. Who raised you? Your mother. Now, this next generation, they're gonna go there and the, the therapist is gonna have to be smarter. Man, now is it the mother who screwed them up <laughs> or the father? Because even the father's involved. Yeah. But this is what the problem is. For a father to be involved in the life of his kids, the same way a mother's involved in the life of her kids. It's very different. Very difficult and very different. Why? Because it's still expected that a father is going to provide. If he provides, he doesn't have the time to give you as a father. If he gives you the time as a father, he can't provide what he's supposed to be providing. And therefore, you may not be getting the benefits of what money would bring. So you have to, it's a balancing act, right? And why is it that grandfathers are better grandfathers than they are fathers? Because now they have the time to give to their grandkids. That makes sense. Right? And you know how many sons have told their fathers? Why did you treat me so badly and you treat my son so nicely? Yeah. Because I wasn't treating you badly. I didn't even know you were there. I had to to raise money because I had to make the money. Your mother had to take care of you. Mm -hmm. You So I had to better the overall family situation. These are the problems that I think couples today don't talk about. Mm -hmm. The future generation.
0: But do you think that's why, because I've talked about it on my podcast, some of my solo casts. Do you think why this is the reason why the boomers and Generation X have almost, you know, handled with kid gloves? They've, They've, because of the way they were treated, like right. you said, right? Now they're treating, now they're very hands-on when it comes to their kids. And therefore, by coddling over them, they've created this generation... That is very different from us. And I think that they didn't have to back in the day, we didn't have two working parents. Now there's two working parents. And it's like, oh yeah, back in the day, I remember uh, dad wasn't around or, but nowadays that's changed a bit. Right. No, the dynamic. Therefore, is that possible? So it's
1: changed. But what's also changed is, and I think I posted it yesterday when I said having a bond with your children Is it's a very sacred, uh, you know, rewarding thing. Because the truth of the matter is, I have a feeling that we all give time. See, so because the work week changes a little, right? So it's no longer as crazy as it used to be on a work week, right? Now we work at home. uh, People, uh, you know, you know, teletravail and the whole thing. So people are, are home all the time, right? But it's the bond that's missing. You know this generation and, and that's why, you know, M- Michelle Romano wouldn't be happy me saying this, but that's why I'm a little happy that Silicon Valley took a big hit, and, and now everybody's reevaluating tech differently, and they're, and they're being more logical in what they're doing, is because the problem with tech was that it dehumanized the childhood experience. It made, you know, like, and, and I think I said this on the last show, I, I was at a, I was at Maison Bolude with, with all five of the kids and, and the younger ones were really young and they all had iPads. Right? And, and, and me and their mother were there and we were talking and this and that and we were talking with the older ones or whatever. whatever. And there was an older couple not too far away and you could tell the judgmental. Like, oh, look at that, look at that. You know, the,
0: iPad, you <laughs> the whole family is. And I
1: didn't say anything, right? And then when I was about to leave, I paid the bill, and then I walked by them, and I said to them, excuse, they were French Canadians, and I said, "Excuse me," you know, I spoke to them in, in French. I said, "Excuse me, look, you can judge me all you want. I just want you to realize that instead of judging me, you should be thanking me because of those iPads. You had a very peaceful dinner, <laughs> because or else they were not manageable. They're gonna go. They were gonna like, like you were gonna, you were going you thought you were gonna be in a nightclub." So thank me instead of looking at me crooked and rolling your eyes at me. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. No, 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 it's okay, it's okay, right? But that's where the problem is. Problem is that in the name of convenience, we've lost humanity, right? It's convenient.
0: To have. To just give the iPad. My phone's yeah. right here, okay, yeah, it yeah. wants
1: to talk to me. It's convenient. I can just text Vince when I want. Mm-hmm. You know what it means? Have the self control at 15, 16, 17, 18, mm-hmm. 20, and say, I don't want to answer you. I don't want to answer. Yep. I want to go to bed. I don't have to answer. But remember, I have two phones and I answer. But the problem is, it's become an addiction. It's become a way of life. And it's made us lose all connections, yep. all human connections. And then what do we do? You know, I. I I remember the first time, because you said to me, y- you went to therapy. Yeah, so I remember the first <laughs> time I went to a couple's therapy. I walked in, and it was somebody that, that my wife had chosen. So I'm not going to argue. I get that. So the guy, he starts. I, oh, whoa, whoa. settle down, man. Relax. First of all, are you married? Yeah. Ever been divorced? No. Okay, you can proceed understand why you ask like what, what's the relevance of those questions no let's get something clear if you're not married right and you never got divorced and you're telling me how to be in a marriage maybe let's do it like this get somebody who has some experience here because mm-hmm. you what do you have as experience but since you're married you never got divorced you must be doing something right that I'm not mm-hmm. right and, and, this, uh, and clearly he's doing, he's doing something right was. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're right honey <laughs> you're right honey right yeah. and that's where the problem is what do we do with the kids Right? That's why I told you the example I told my daughter. You can win this battle, but you're not going to win the war. Mm-hmm. In other words, I'm telling you, you're not going to do this. You're not going to behave like that. And, but it's easier to just say, you know what, do what the fuck you want. Let them do what they want. Yeah. They're gonna learn. Eventually, they're going to get out of it. But let's not take it to the other extreme, where at 13 years old, cut them off social media, good this, because it's no good for them. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. You've got to expose them to the problem. You've got to expose them to the reality that is. And make sure that they don't become a negative. Right? So mm-hmm. you're on social media to do what? To interchange with people, post cool pictures, whatever? Great. If you're over there, just to, you know, I, I, there was a Robert Robert love loves to use the score all the time, he says, so every time it's somebody's birthday, he says, I wish you nothing but for you to live the life that you post on Instagram.
0: Because yeah. <laughs> you know it's not really happening. Yeah, are
1: not true, that's right. Yeah. And that's where the whole key is, you know, so. Well,
0: that's the whole fake it till you make it that you were talking about. Right. It's, it's the whole generation that, what's more important is- Appearances. Appearances. As opposed to what's really going on.
1: And what's funny, what's funny is this. I'm a cool dad. I don't consider myself to be a cool dad. I consider myself to be a strict, logical dad. Which is what my dad was. Now, I had that to do the times, this, that, that. But I'm not like, I'm not a strict dad the way I'm...
0: Right, but you're cool because you you think you're cool or have your kids told you... Hey dad, you're cool. Oh no, no, no.
1: My kids tell me I'm old. No, no, no. matter what, you can't be your friends friends think you're cool. Friends is like, oh my God, especially my my daughter's friends. Oh my god, your dad is so cute. He's
0: yummy, he's this, he's like, 14-year-old girls calling me yummy. Oh, (laughs) stop it. But you know, you're you're on a TV, a popular TV show. Yeah you know, you're not just her dad. You're also yeah, yeah, you're a celebrity. People know you. So but
1: but what it is also is that I speak to them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had my daughter's 13th birthday at the house. I had 40 kids. And I was in my office and they were coming in and out of my office and asking me questions. Mm-hmm. And I would th- explain to them stuff. And then I'd go uh, see where they are and this and this and that. And, and it, was, it was like I gave them the time of day. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, and I can tell you that for 12, 13, 14-year-old girls, who are going through a hormonal change and they're trying to like, you know, be popular, whatever, whatever. To have somebody who's, let's call it a celebrity with a small C. I like to always say the small C because I don't want to inflate my head. Uh, that, that gives them the attention. In fact, one of them said to my daughter, said, it's so cool that your dad actually speaks to us and speaks to you. Like my dad walks in from work I don't even see him. And that's where the problem is. Yeah, that is a right? big problem. Now, but why? Because... Truth of the matter is, well, we're there to provide. We provide, and that's it. Because you know, I have to be happy. What makes me happy is going to play golf on the weekends. That makes me happy. Okay, good. But Mm -hmm. can you do it? Like, for example, I go play golf once in a blue moon. I go with my kids. That's like I want. I go on vacation. I go with my kids. I'm like, for example, I'm gonna go to the convention in Vegas. I'm gonna take my kids.
0: Why? Because what's cooler than going to Vegas with your kids? It's like, Look, this is what Daddy does for work. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people are going to Vegas to hang out with the boys, yeah. hang out right. with the girls. That's
1: right. That's right. That's right. You know. And
0: so, the problem is, like I said, is is that it's a generation that,
1: because this is already mine, it's acquired, it's mine. What else do you have to offer? Now, the challenge is, how do I get that extra? Mm-hmm. But this is taken for granted. Right, it's like saying the foundations. Why do I have to go on a construction site and see the foundation being poured? Cement between two pieces well, of wood. Because that's everything. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, Keeps the wrong, whole house up. Wrong, yeah. wrong, wrong foundations.
0: Your house moves. You're done. Yeah, you're, <laughs> everything you've worked for goes that's down the right, drain. That's right. It's the same thing here, yeah.
1: right? And so, uh, uh, like I said, see, all of this. Somebody could say, but what's the what connects all of this big discussion we have? Yep. Yeah. It's very simple. There
0: is a connection. There is a connection. <laughs> the connection
1: is be careful what you wish for because it's given to my success that I had access to more knowledge, different people, different philosophies, different cultures, different ways of thinking. And you start realizing how screwed up society really is, how mm-hmm. dysfunctional we are. Yep. Where we're almost saying we're going to get married Or we're gonna be business partners, but ultimately the goal is my self happiness in the business partnership. Mm -hmm. So then, then do it alone.
0: It's true. If you can't be happy with the partner, don't partner up. That's right.
1: Don't partner up. Yeah. Right. And and that's the analogy between marriage and business. And business. Yeah. Yeah. A friendship. Mm -hmm. A father. Uh, a, father, a father-daughter, father-son relationship. Acquaintance. All relationships have the same basis. Trust, transparency. And I love when people say, yeah, I know, but me, I'm not like that. Like for me, relationships are not transactional. Really? Mm-hmm. Really. So why are you friends with the hairdresser? Let's say, you know, I asked the question, why are you friends with the hairdresser? Why are you friends with the tiny girl? Or why are you friends with the, with the, uh, the nail girl? Well, 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 they're nice people. <laughs> I don't care that they're nice people. There's tons of nice people in the world. Why are you friends with them? Right? Yes. And, and, and the question when you ask that is, because they make you feel good. Mm-hmm. But now, why do they make you feel good? And why is it that, for example, somebody who could open up the door to the Vatican for you or to the UN or something, that person doesn't make you feel good. Because there is competition. Mm-hmm. Right? And so everything is everything is everything is transactional. Why do you have kids? It's a transaction you did with yourself. Mm-hmm. Why, do you, why do you want to make money? Because it's a transaction you want to make. Right? Why do you give money to the Jewish General Hospital versus Santa Cabrini? Because, you know, I think money gets used better in one hospital versus another. It doesn't mean that other hospital is bad. It just means it, 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 there's always somebody taking advantage of. But in one hospital, maybe they're okay with me asking for accountability. In the other one, <laughs> among Italians, bro, you're gonna you're gonna question a paisan. <laughs> Fucking right, I'm gonna question a yeah. paisan. Question a paisan way before I, I, <laughs> because once again, who betrays you? Yeah, the paisan, the friend, right, family. Not the, the per- person you know, not the person not, not the owning. person that no. didn't expect you to give them anything. Right. And now they're owing to you something. Oh,
0: no, that's so true. You know, so it, I mean, that's... It, it is true. Yeah. You said a lot of great things today, Vince. There's no doubt about it. Here's, here's a, a tweet that you made the other day. I think it was the other day. I'm almost sure this was December 1st. I could be wrong. The more you sell, mm-hmm. the more you lose money. If you're not making money, how do I... Ma- I could even hear you saying it. How do I make money? <laughs> CBC, Dragon's Den. Yeah, but... So... Because I hear, I hear you... For a I hear you when you're on the show and somebody is pitching, right? I hear you say similar stuff to that a lot. Right? hmm But... So...
1: The only regret I have about Dragon's Den is that sometimes... I feel that when we're editing, so you know, most shows, most pitches go anywhere between half an hour to an hour, and you get six minutes. Right. So they're even long. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. the first two years, I used to have Sal, uh, John, Ruggieri, a bunch of friends of mine. He just sent me text message, "What the fuck? Why don't you ask him this and why don't you yeah. ask him that?" I did. I did. They cut it. Yeah. Because they didn't try. This year, for some reason, they're. They're, they're realizing that maybe there should be a lesson for every pitch. Something has to come out of it. If there's no deal, something has to come out of it, right? So my problem is, and I said this, like I said at the Outwater Club when I was there, I said, don't, don't come to me and say, I have this great idea, this is the product, and, and to make it socially acceptable, I'm gonna give 10% of my profits away to charity. Well, why would you do this? Keep the money in the company, Pay yourself dividends and do whatever the hell you want with your money. Don't take my money, okay? Don't give away money that you didn't make yet.
0: Mm-hmm. You're already giving away money. That's right. You're What's giving that? away money. Your, your, your thought yeah. is I'm giving away money. Yeah. Bad business sense. That's right. Yeah.
1: Then they say, and then the guy on on Dragons and his thing was,
0: we've we've invested in a brand. Can you mention what uh, I don't remember? I forget what, the name of okay. the company, but okay. it,
1: it was it was basically it was a, There were three people, if I remember well, there were three people who all three of them worked in the garment industry, and they made this super product, which you could customize on their website, and they, like, you get this incredible winter jacket that's got everything you need, pockets for your cigars, for your vape, for this, for that, anything you want, okay? It's a custom jacket. Custom jacket. The way you want it. Yeah. So, Okay. How much you sell your product? Okay, she says uh, the average basket per is uh, seven hundred and fifty bucks. Holy shit, that's a big basket. Brand. Okay, and then Michelle does, you know, her pitch and says, What's your cost of acquisition? A thousand dollars a person. Wait up a minute. A thousand dollars a person. A person to acquire the sale. Wait up a minute. A minute. Did you just say that it costs <laughs> you a thousand bucks to sell seven hundred and fifty bucks? Yeah. The hell do I want mean, to be business with you for? The, <laughs> if I increase your sales, yeah. I'm gonna kill myself. I'm shooting myself in the foot. Yeah, but that's the cost of building a brand.
0: Oh, I hear that all the time. Hey, that's come on, the man. line. Yeah, come on, man. The cost of building. I built.
1: A br- I built the brand. Right. Okay. I made a profit from day one. Right. And I invest part of the profit in I- the brand building. Yes. But I'm not gonna start not, off. That's yeah. right. And and so the mentality that he was using or they were using was the tech mentality, which is, I invented this app, it's not important what my burn rate is, it's not important that the the app is being downloaded for free, and I make no, generate no revenue, that's not important. What's important is that I have a million downloads, and Silicon Valley is going to pay me this much, and I'm going to get, you know, one day I'll get Uber. Uber. Right. But Uber's never made a penny. Like they've never made a profit so far. And as much as everybody, think about this. Look at how Netflix is changing their business model. Look at how Netflix is now talking about brick and mortars.
0: I heard that. So that is true. Yeah. yeah.
1: And that's think, interesting. Think about how that is from a company who was all about streaming was was basically announcing the death of movie theaters for their survival. And COVID, who was supposed to have killed us, you're still here. Seems to have killed him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That he has to change his whole business model. And yesterday I had some time off. I just wanted to relax. And I went to Netflix. It took me 40 minutes to find something that I watched for 10 minutes. And then I said, it's too boring this day.
0: And I, and I left
1: <laughs> and I went back to work. I said, I might as well go work. Because if I'm going to watch these stupidities, I don't want to. And then I went on Crave and I saw something about Bookie. I saw a episode. It was a season one. It's a show called Bookie. Okay. It's really funny. It's, it's about gambling. No, no, no. It's mm-hmm. about uh, it's about um, uh, a loan shark and, and, and uh, book holders. You know, the, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, it's with that guy. Um, that Italian guy out of the U.S.,
0: uh, he's a comedian. Um, That's Sebastian Maniscalco. I oh, think yeah. It is. I know the movie exactly yeah. you're talking yeah. about. But it's not a movie. It's a
1: TV series. Yeah, TV series. Yeah. So I watched the first two episodes. It's funny. Yeah. It's like, you know, like, every once in a while, well,
0: I, I thought he was a gambling, uh, I thought it was gambling. I'm almost sure, bookie. Yeah, yeah, but it, it is, is a
1: book, you know. but it's about the gambling. But yes, yes, it, but, yes. Okay, no, but I thought you meant, yes, yes. is it like a documentary about Oh, no no no, 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 no. It's a comedy yes, stuff. Yes, yes. So, so the truth of the matter is that, is that, you know, you know and, and I can give you the example of Kodak. Kodak ran the film industry. You couldn't make a movie without a Kodak mm, camera. Forever. Yep. Yeah. What happened? Some guy invents a digital. By the way, some guy in their own offices invents a digital camera. Mm-hmm. And they say,
0: you're crazy. Get yeah. out of here.
1: He takes it to Sony.
0: Yeah. And that's it. And I R- think R- it was assistant. 11, 13 years later. It's wild.
1: Kodak's bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Think about it. And they're no longer in, yeah, they don't exist per se. No. As a, as a As a corporation. Uh, they're just a brand that sits in a, in a leftover company like, you know, like G, like uh, General Electric. Mm-hmm. You know, gone. You mm-hmm. know? Why? Because people don't adapt. They don't change. They don't, and so, it, it's hard to adapt. It's hard to evolve if you don't if you don't if you don't analyze your whole cheminement. Right. And my problem is that we've given too much importance to school to grades, right? So I always tell my kids, I want I want a degree. Like, I want a law degree. I want something like you're not just gonna.
0: If I'm quit. gonna, especially if you're gonna. Yeah, like you gotta gotta,
1: (laughs) because this is what university should be used for. University should be a testament to your ability of resilience and of learning. But what you actually learned I don't care. Because when you come and work for me, I'm gonna have to I'm going to have to reprogram you, you all over <laughs> again. Because what, what your professor... Yeah, it's completely different. So, so I like professors, so, but because but sometimes I say this and every professor in the world is going to DM me and they're going to get really upset me. Professors and some of the people who have marked me the most are teachers, professors. Mm-hmm. But the ones that marked me the most were not the ones who tried to teach me a course the ones that taught me the importance of being able to learn to be like clay, manual. you know. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, when you go to law school, most professors in law school are people who can't make it as lawyers in the outside world, but yet they're they're training,
0: they're educating. Most people that are teaching are people that are not in the field. That's right. For a reason. Right. doesn't mean they're... They're bad. It means they can teach it, but they can't do it. It doesn't mean they're bad, but it also means that they have zero on the battle. Yeah, they haven't fought the I I want,
1: if if I got to go to war with somebody, Mm -hmm. I want a general that didn't come out of West Point and he's got a PhD in military strategy. I want General Schwarzkopf. Coming was from, yeah. was he was there? Yeah. He was on the ground. He goes, I know how many people die. I know the horror of war. Yeah, I get it. So it's got to be quick. In, out. We're, like, we're not staying here 20 years. We've got to go in, destroy, and get out. Right? And as sad as war is, you know, people say, you know, in war, it's so sad. Innocent people die. Children die. Yeah. That happened also in, in, with the Twin Towers. Mm-hmm. But you know the p- children that didn't die? They may have been worse off. Because they were orphans. They, they grew up with hate, anger towards a community that didn't do anything. Because it's mm-hmm. a bunch of terrorists that did something wrong. It wasn't the community. It wasn't the community. No, it's that, never right? the community. And, and that's what the problem is. Yeah. Is that we're being manipulated all the time. Yeah. In, and, and, and death is the ultimate horror. No, it isn't. The ultimate horror is being tortured, being abused, mm-hmm. being taken advantage of, uh, m- m- made to feel that you're not worthy. That's a lot worse than dying. Because mm-hmm. you die, you die. <laughs> you know it's you over, mean? yeah. Death is like stupidity. When you die, you don't know you die. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the stupid <laughs> people. They don't know they're stupid. <laughs> right? It's the same thing. But And those are the things that... so. Like I said, to put it all together, it's basically, that's what, be careful what you wish for, as a book is. It's 54 years of my life, as a retrospective of what I learned, why I believe that's what it is, why I thought this is what it was at this age, and why I realized that this is what it was at another age. And why happiness is, is bullshit. It's bullshit. Like, what, what's, what's happiness? You know, we live in a society where I want to be happy. I want to feel accomplished. What the hell does that mean? And does it mean the same thing to everybody? You no. Know, there you go. Uh, I'm a mother. Okay? I'm a father. Right? And... Your mother must have told you this. My mother says to me all the time, I carried you for nine months. And what yep. does that mean? Mm-hmm. That means you're a better parent because you carried me for nine months. Mm-hmm. We got, during those nine months, me, I wasn't even aware. <laughs> I don't know if you ate good, you didn't eat good, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> right? The truth of the matter is this, is if we're going to gender neutral bathrooms, can we say, can we put aside mother, father and say, I'm a parent. Now, what is it that my child expects from me as a parent? What should I be teaching my children? Should I be living vicariously through my kids and saying my second chance
0: at youth is through my children? Which a lot of people do. A which lot of people. Everybody, everybody does, does it. That,
1: which, which, which is for me... Wrong. No. Totally wrong. I it's agree like, with it's, you. It's, it's, it's everybody like, does it. You're it's right. It's like, fuck them up now yeah. and, and, and the damages... You won't even be around to see the damages. No. Right? And that's what's sad to me. Is that... Yeah. We have kids. So, my oldest boy works with me in Cinemaguzo. I didn't ask him to come to work with me. I didn't didn't corner him. Yeah, yeah. And so, you have to do this. I just told him, look, if you want to work with me, this is what you could get as a salary, and this is what you could get as the perks. If you want to go work for that law firm, go talk to him. I don't know what he offers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't own the law firm. Right? And Clearly, I must have done something right if they all want to work with me. Yeah. Right? And I've also told them, if you don't want to work with me, but you want to do something, maybe you know what? Maybe the family will invest in the venture you want. You'll be the boss of that venture. You know, let's say you want to be a dentist or whatever, right? We'll invest in it and Mm -hmm. we'll share into the profits. Right, and but you handle that because me, I don't want to be a dentist. Right, so, so <laughs> and my that's passion. where the Not whole pa- <laughs> and that's where the whole idea is. Right, so yeah. you know, so I'm working on the book. I'm working on, like I said, a reality show. Um, but it, it's it's a reality show that it's like this podcast. It's like don't give me any bullshit. Let's not make it about, okay, let's pretend I'm dating this girl and let's pretend uh, that, uh, that I got drunk one night and I made an ass of myself. So now my mm. wife is mad at me. And so we have a bit of drama and people. No, 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 no. Let's talk about real life. Yep. Let's talk about why it's okay to make a million dollar salary. Because the truth of the matter is how many hours a week do most people work? People are arguing to work 35, 35 uh, hours a week. I think I work 17, 18 a day. Well. Wow. Seven days a week. And now I, I I double down. I double down on daddy duties, right? Because all the kids
0: stayed with me. And so and so, so now you never sleep. But but <laughs> I, I and I always say it. Who needs sleep? Who needs sleep? Because you, know, like, you were mentioning that ruler with the red yeah. button. Who needs sleep when that keeps but that's getting my, shorter and shorter. But that's that's why now
1: You know, that's why when you make those comments like on Dragons and you say like, my time's too valuable, man. I don't want to waste my time arguing with you about a partnership. Should we do this? Should we do that? You know what? You don't like it. Leave. Yeah. Let's not be partners in in the business. What do I care? Like, right? Why? Because what I'll never get back is the time I invest in you. Never get that back. With my kids at least, I'm seeing, hey, look at that. You know, I invested a dollar. I got a dollar's worth. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? It's a lot better than I invested 10 bucks and I got $2 yeah. worth. And that's where the key is. The key is, I don't have that much time
0: left. Yeah, time is everything. Right? And yep. That's right. So really you're you
1: trying, you know, and, and 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 that's why maybe I shed a few pounds and I said, you know what? Let me work out. Let mm-hmm. me do this. And I had the black. Uh, makes me a little thinner. I like it. I like it. I like the look. I like
0: wearing black too. <laughs> well, Vince, you look fantastic. I always enjoy Thank my you. conversations. Not only when... We're in person having it off camera. I learned a lot from you and I've learned a lot from many different guests that have come on this podcast, including the people or one of the people that you mentioned, Sal, incredible yeah. story. Uh, you had mentioned one of uh, Chef Antonio Parks' restaurants, yeah. uh, uh, Yama, uh, Yama, and I had him on a couple yeah. of weeks back. There's a reason. There's something that drives the Parasucos, the Guzos, the Parks, the people that I've Talk to whether on this podcast or not. There's a reason why your success stories. It really does take a different kind of person. Well, it really does. It does because, but but put it this way:
1: how how rampant do you think honesty is in society? Everybody's playing a game. Probably Everybody non-existent, trying... right?
0: Or, or very uh, people are not always honest, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> Let's be nice. So. What do
1: Sal and I have in common? It's that we're nonconformists. Right? So this is, this is where everybody, this is, this is how everybody, everybody's taking this yeah. role. Okay? So I got to get them back in the line. <laughs> or I got to be rude and shove people out of my yeah. way because I got to pass. Right? Yeah. You know what? Let me see if there's not another way where I can get to where I want to get. And by the way, as I'm thinking to get to the same place they want to go, I take another way. Look at that. I realized that there's something better at the end of this trip versus that trip. And then people say, he's a visionary. (laughs) No, I just had the balls to go off the main highway. Right. Right. One day, you know, I I told somebody, this was many, many years ago. I think I was in my twenties. I said, look, I don't know where the hell I am. So there's no GPS. There's none of that crap in the car. I don't know where the hell I am. I'm taking this exit. One of the guys is me in the car. He goes, Are you fucking crazy? This is Harlem. Who are you? Shit, that is Harlem. Pull out, stop at a guy, five, six black guys are you're in front of a fire thing. They're heating. Oh, where the fuck am I? How do I, <laughs> I get to Fifth Avenue and 57th Street? Mm. The guy looks at me and says, What are you doing here? Yeah. I'm asking you a question.
2: Mm.
1: Do you know where you are? Yeah, yeah, Black Harlem, White Harlem. Who cares? Buddy, can you give me a direction? Yeah, the guy was confused. <laughs> He's weird. like, Yeah, and he tells me, right? <laughs> but what do you think it takes a normal way of thinking to do abnormal or extraordinary things?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it, you can't think like the average person yep. and expect to do extraordinary things.
0: No, you can't. That's what, that was, that's what makes you extraordinary. You're not right. thinking like the average person. You
1: can't, be, you can't work nine to five. And expect to, to be a billionaire. Maybe you're a billionaire already, and you decide to work nine to five. After that's different. Yeah, After yeah. that's yeah. okay. That's your yeah. choice. But you see, and those are the things. Is, you know, that's was Sal's passion the gene business, or was Sal's passion Sal?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't want to be poor. I don't want to
0: live. That's what he said at the beginning yeah, of the podcast. I want to be poor. They were struggling. Yeah, you know, he saw know. his uh, parents struggling, yeah, his mom, I don't and be poor. that's I it. Yeah.
1: You know, like when Pumpy said, Look, I went to someone else at a time where my family was not rich. I loved the education. I loved the friendships I made. I hated feeling so inferior because I was poor. It marked me. Marked me to the point that when my dad says, Yeah, but you know, when I immigrated here, I had $600 in my pocket. When I immigrated to Westmount, me too, I had nothing in my pocket. And he said, well, what? Yeah, I mean, I went to school with Bronfman's, uh, Demarese, whatever. Yeah. You know, we're talking about, you know... the Big uh, names. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you, you know uh, so uh, the McConnells, you know. Like, and it was worse than that. There was no Italians. Mm. Or the Italians that were there were here, were here from eight generations. So that there was... Only the name was still Italian. Nothing else was Italian, right? So you didn't fit in.
0: Never, yeah. Right? And still do some... You don't and, sometimes.
1: And, 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 I to, <laughs> and I told my kids... Who says I want to fit in?
0: Yeah.
1: I don't want to fit in. I want my own, my own tribe, my own squad, my exactly. own space. Yeah. And I'm entitled to it. It's my space. Yeah. Right? I live in Terban. Right? I have my white party in Terban. I have friends from Westmount that come and say, if you want, yeah. we can find you a house in Westmount. <laughs> so the party's closer. We don't have to go through the traffic. And hey, you find me 200,000 square feet that I don't have to mortgage 15 uh, years of my life to acquire in downtown Montreal. Terban's perfect. I'm fine. Plus, I get away from you guys. You drive me crazy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right? My kids, when they were offered the choice of moving to Westmont, they said, it's okay, we're good in Terban. Mm-hmm. But all their friends are in Westmont. But we're okay in Terban. Yeah. There's a disconnect. Mm-hmm. There's a refueling. There's a walk away. Mm-hmm.
0: Understand?
1: Yeah. It's very important if you feel that you don't fit in. The likelihood is that if you actually fuel it, you'll probably get more satisfaction out of not fitting in than mm-hmm. of fitting in.
0: And you'll get somewhere by, yeah. A,
1: yeah, yeah. And, you may, and you may change the world in a positive way that you may not even realize. In your own selfish quest to be different, mm-hmm. you may invent something that, uh, that the whole world will forever be grateful for.
0: Right, like when you look at a guy like Elon Musk, who you yep. mentioned earlier, it's incredible, you know? yeah. And, and then to see you—you you notice the uh, the footage from last week when he was being interviewed, and he basically was saying,
1: "Fuck you, yeah, yeah, per, straight up." A, but that's but, see, but,
0: and that was like, and and legacy media, right? The former mainstream. They're like, "Is he this guy? This guy's nuts." So like, what about if you just, you know, your 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 shareholders, people see this? I don't care, f them too. You know, like just him talking like that. But was incredible. It was an incredible moment.
1: But you know what's unbelievable about that? Is that should have been an inspiring moment for the world.
0: Yes. Because. Well, I, it was for many people who are tuned in. Yes. But. For those who are not.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. No, it's because, yeah. because everybody says, oh my God, he said the F word. Yeah, so what? Right? Yeah. Oh, but I'm telling you like this. By him losing his temper and saying, fuck you. Mm-hmm. And him saying, you guys, by behaving the way you're behaving, you're putting at risk the lives of so many people, this, that work for us, that, 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 the company, the, that, the, that, that, that He showed to the world that he's human. Mm-hmm. Now, some people say, ah, you see, he's human just like us. Yeah, that's the whole point. Yeah. He's human just like you. What do you have in your bank account again? What's the number again? And if you think about it, what makes his number bigger than yours is a few more zeros. Think about it. Mm-hmm.
0: Those zeros are... It's the zero. <laughs> no, but you know, you're a zero. You tell someone, you're yeah. a zero. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Give me a few more zeros. Right. The more zeros you give me, the more... The more right? But that should have been the inspiring point. Yeah. Is that even an exceptionally successful person is human. So what he did is not superhuman. He's just different. Right. So now... what we would expect. That's right. Yeah. So now... That means that success is in everybody's book. Everybody's, yeah, everybody's possibility. possibility. Yeah, right. And that's it. But mm-hmm. what's the problem, right? Why is it on oh, no, all, but no, cause him. He's got 15 degrees. He's got this, he's got that. You know, if you look at the billionaires, it's funny. You got high school dropouts and you got the guys that are super educated, right? Mm-hmm. A few of them are dyslexic. Mm-hmm. A few of them are just weird, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. Right, but they're human at the end of the day. Yes, sir. If, you, if they, I always like to, say, if they cut, they cut themselves, their flesh, they're it done. comes out red. Right. Yep. The, the vein looks blue, yep. but it's not. No. Okay? It's really red inside. Right? And so <coughs> what they should have gotten from his reaction is, fuck, he's human. Yeah. but look at what he created. Right? And it's funny because, yeah, but he's arrogant. Oh, because, because the common guy's not arrogant. Right? Mm-hmm. If you think about it.
0: Well, there's a difference between arrogance and confidence. Right. But in and, this case, uh, yeah. in this case, he was just frustrated. Yeah, very frustrated. But he let them have it. And it was
1: yeah, probably and, one and, of the and, best and,
0: moments of the year, for me and at least.
1: You know what? <laughs> I, I'll tell you something. It's some of my closest friends are Jewish. Okay? So I'm very sensitive to the whole anti-Semitism and mm-hmm. everything. Every once in a while, there's a horror story that happens in the world, right? And you say to yourself, let's just take a step back. Let's, wait a minute. Let's have a look here. It's not because the person, you know, is black, Jewish, or whatever, whatever. That it's automatically anti-Semitism. I can tell you that I was raised not to tell policemen to go fly a kite. Mm-hmm. So if I don't tell a policeman to fly a kite, he has no reason to force me down on the floor. Mm-hmm. Right. So why are you forcing me down on the floor? Mm-hmm. Here, you want to put the handcuffs. Put when, when I was asked to give my hands to put handcuffs, I gave my hands. They put the handcuffs on. I went in the car. That's it. I had nothing to say. What do you want me to do? You want me to into an argument at uh, 11 o'clock at night with uh, two police women?
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Right? Mm-hmm. There comes a point where you go along. And I could have played I'm Italian, because I'm Italian, mm-hmm. right? I didn't, why, why, why do I care? I'm Italian, Italian, not Italian, who cares? And so what I'm trying to say is that everybody milks everything, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm not going to use my, my case as an example, but I'll use the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard story, situation. Do you, think, do you think the people that supported one side or the other realized the negative they did for the future cases? In other words, the next time a woman is really a victim, you don't think they're going to try and say, wait up a minute, can you get her psycho- psychologically analyzed? Maybe she's as crazy as the other one. Maybe it's all false. Da, da, da. And all of a sudden, real victims are going to get left behind. Right? Mm -hmm. Same thing here. Okay. It comes to a point where it's frustrating to say, but if you're standing up to the police and refusing to get arrested or refusing to circulate and you're raised to, no, no, we're like the hippies and we got to stand up to the authority of the police. Look, you're going to get smacked out. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, if you get smacked out, it's probably not going to feel good and you may get But the truth of the matter is that the numbers are what they are, right? Organized crime is run in Montreal by Italians. What Mm -hmm. can I tell you? So now we're going to play the cards. No, no, you see, they're all a bunch of racists. No, no, it's the truth. But you know what? If you go to another part of Canada, it's the Irish that run. Mm -hmm. So so you see, so there's no commonality. Mm -hmm. So it's not because they arrest an Italian guy that it's automatically because it's that. And it's not because somebody gets arrested automatically that he's guilty. Correct. And sometimes that person is not guilty of what he's being arrested for. He's guilty of being polarizing. He's guilty of being him. He's guilty. And and let me tell you that because the decision came from a prosecutor in Quebec City, let me tell you that I thought about it for a while. It it's crossed like, your mind. Hmm. Is it possible? Not possible. And, and then I said to myself, no, you gotta stop. Cause now, <laughs> now you're starting to be like the victim. Now you're starting to be like those guys that say, huh? Maybe always the victim. wrong, yeah, It's yeah. always somebody else's yeah, fault. Yeah. No, 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 no. So yeah. if I, if this happened and whatever I was being accused of never happened, it just doesn't make sense. But so. <laughs> Why would, why would people believe this and, 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 and do this? Because of me, because I'm polarizing. And that's what those six weeks of yoga, I'll call it yoga, analysis, meditation, were were to say, do I want to continue like this? Or do I want to be more subdued? Or do I want to take a step back? And that's why when then I was asked by the kids, what are we doing with the white party? No, we're having the white party. Yeah, you The show that, goes on. Yeah, you think... Uh, why would I give anybody the right to, to force me into hibernation for the rest of my life? You know what? And, and in fact, in the press release that I said, it, it says at the end, I hope I showed my kids to stand up against anybody who tells you you're a bad person, this, this, no, 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 I, buddy. I have resilience. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to fight for what is right and what's wrong. Right? A- and that's what's important, because at the end of the day, that's how we raise kids. We don't raise kids with words, right? My father used to always say, I would go to church more often if the priest spoke less and showed me more <laughs> with his actions, right? Yeah. And, it's tr- and it's true, because that is the ultimate complaint we have towards the Catholic Church. You always yeah, well, tell us what to do, but you guys, could you do it too, right? And that's where it's important. And that's what you have in guys like Sal, Antonio Park, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mitch Garber, right? You, you know, think about some of the all of the online gambling stuff that's now legal. Think about all those guys that were considered criminals when they were doing it. Federal government, the, 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 the U.S. federal government was going after them, trying yeah. to, you know. They so closed it down. Closed it down. Mm-hmm. This that, that. So, that's what a maverick is. But, but, at the basis, everybody needs to know that they have the same shot at success as anybody else. We're all born, I don't want to, overly describe it we're all we all come from the same not the same one technically but from the same part of a woman's body mm-hmm. that's where we come out of. Mm-hmm. so we all start the same way it's how we ended that, that you know and, and I was talking to somebody who says I believe in destiny you can believe in whatever you want <laughs> you can feel good and you can even believe in those gypsies that read the palm of my hand and sometimes I go you know when I'm in Vegas I like to go I like you know and I like to speak to, to gypsies and to people who are fortune tellers and everything. I love speaking to those people. You know why? Because I want to know, how do you know the bullshit you have to tell me <laughs> to make me believe that you actually know something? Right. right. In other words, was it the watch that gave it away that you're going to live a life of abundance? What was or, it? Or what was yeah. it? How, and, and what are the words you use? You know that fortune tellers are the best car salesman in the world, if they actually applied themselves to doing that, they'd make way more mm-hmm. money. But, and that's what's important, is to try and understand how do I deliver the message? How do I get people to understand the message? What are the words I need to use, right? And every one of us who is successful as defined by either our industry, by people or whatever, has ups and downs, mm-hmm. And the fears of the down are what keep us pushing to go up. And we all have a shot at it. But don't blame the people who made money that it's unfair, that they made it and you didn't. Mm -hmm. Don't go to Plattsburgh Beach with your family every weekend or wherever wherever they go there and and put the effort. Mm -hmm. Sacrifice today for tomorrow's benefit. You know what I mean? It's things like that that you have to, you know, uh, realize. You know, Sal, I can call Sal anytime. He's either at his office or he's at home looking for something to do because because I want to go to the office, but my wife doesn't want me to go to the office. So I to find something. What are you doing? Nothing. Come to my house. Yeah, we're going to talk business over here. And, and his this, mind is always working. Of course, but yeah. that's the way it is. That's the way because, you get to. Because as I said to you earlier, work, for some reason, for successful people, work doesn't betray them.
0: Whereas everything else does.
1: Everything else will disappoint you. Even, look. I mean, my, look. My, my, I think my kids are perfect. Well, you think they haven't made mistakes. They all do. You forgive them and you right? But every once in a while, you say, you really, honestly, you really have to do that mistake. Like, it wasn't obvious to you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you. And sometimes they tell you, no, I knew it was wrong what I was doing. So why'd you do it? I don't know. I just did it. Well, that worries me more than if you told me because you pissed me off. You know, like, for example, not that it's ever happened to me, but, you know, in psychology, they say if you steal from your family... It's because you feel you're being unfairly treated by your family. If you lie to your family, it's because you feel that your family doesn't value you. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, I tell my kids all the time, don't ever lie to me. You tell me the stupidity you did, don't you ever lie to me. Too many people lie to me on a daily basis. And that's made me the overthinker that I am, trying to figure out what's true, what's not true, what's this, that, that, that. And so, but it's wasted time. But on the flip side, it's made me a better people's person. Right? I can get up, you know, you know me, I can get up in any auditorium without even a script. Yep. What do you want to talk about? This, okay, let me make a speech on this, okay. And I can
0: just you know, vehicle that message.
2: You
1: mm-hmm.
0: know? Well, because your message is sincere. Yeah. It's, and it's not scripted. Yeah. And it really comes from inside of you. And um, you're a great messenger. Yep, you Thank are. You. I, honestly, not everybody has the ability to, to speak the way you speak, you know, and it's in your voice. You're not trying to be somebody else. You're Vince. Yep. Vince, thank hey, you so much. Brian. Thank you for having you on. Merry Christmas. We thank can you. still say Merry Christmas. Yeah. Huh? Actually, well, we I do. insist on yeah. saying yeah, Merry yeah, Christmas. Ins- yeah, say. <laughs> when people say
1: to me, no, no, say uh, Happy Holidays. No, no, it's Christmas.
0: It's Christmas. <laughs> it is. When I say Happy Hanukkah, when I say
1: Happy whatever, it's, Yeah, you say it's, whatever it I say is. it. I say yeah. it's, it's Christmas. It's, it's Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. yeah nothing thank wrong with much. that.
0: Uh, Great having you on and uh, the best in 2024. Look forward to having you back when your book comes out or whatever project comes out again, or just to shoot the shit like we always do. Perfect.
1: Perfect. And I'll I'll have you over for a cigar.
0: Thank you. Episode 150 of the Drive-By Podcast with Vince Guzzo, sponsored by Les Delices Lafrenet. Hope you enjoyed it and hope you will enjoy and indulge in your favorite pastries this weekend at one of Les Delices Lafrenet's five Montreal locations. you got one in Montreal West, the Hub in St. Leonard, Point Claire, of course, Rosemere, and my home location on Tashiro Boulevard in Brossard on the South Shore with now a newly expanded grocery store with products direct from Italy. They have the Italian Christmas baskets. If you want to get something for an employer or an employee, that's the place you could go. Panettone, bring over some nice Dolce Gabbana Panettone or the Polly Panettone. They've got a wide array of the best Italian panettone in the city. The deli section, of course, where I got my panini today. You can even have a coffee midday, take a break, go to La Frenette, hook yourself up with a pastry and some coffee. It's Les Delices La Frenette. They never disappoint, and they never disappoint me. The drive-by with
1: Freeway Frank.
0: The Drive By Podcast is brought to you by Own Space.